we're running without one of our normally awesome intros this week because Jared Fornby, the man responsible for those intros, is one of the many people who have been evacuated from their homes due to the High Park Fire in Colorado, which has already destroyed more than 50,000 acres of land. Jared himself is all right, but his home and the homes of many others are still threatened by the fire. Our hopes and prayers are with him in this very troubling and uncertain time. Okay. Okay, goddammit. Fucking bullshit. Bullshit, asshole, mother. Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. This week's battle is best of the bat. Man. Yeah, I said that so weird. With me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, who's joining us tonight? Well, tonight we've got with us Chad Dardowski. Hello. Meta World Chuck Farrell. Hello. And Dave Gill. Cheers. So we have here 32 bat things, bat characters, bat stories, bat concepts, all of them chosen by our bat panelists. We set them up in tournament bat brackets, which you can download from our website at geekfights.net. We pit one against another and put it to a vote. Winner moves on to the next round where it all starts over again until something is crowned the best of Batman. Uh, as always, you get to decide the criteria that you use to determine the winner of each match. Basically, what really says Batman to you? Uh, whatever bat rationale you want, as long as it works for you and supports your bat choice, that's what we call bat logic. And it's the heart of every bat fight or geek fight. Uh, you, uh, why, did you, why, did you, why did you not commit? You just should have kept bat and just the rest of you talking should have been bat. Bat, 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 bat. No, we have to put geek in there somewhere. Okay. Branding. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I'm going to mention this at the beginning of the episode. Uh, last year, around the same time we did Best of Captain America, and on the list was Steve Rogers. It also ended up winning. Spoiler. Um, Best of Batman does not have Bruce Wayne or Batman on it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I find that to be hilarious. But anyway, here we go. Jumping into the fights, Chad. This one is yours. Uh, it is homoerotic subtext versus the death of Jason Todd. Uh, and of course, this is where we have to begin. Um, so I remember reading the death of Jason Todd when it happened. Uh, I, I got the trade. I was a little younger at the time. Um, and one of the things I remember about the death of Jason Todd, other than it being, you know, what year did that come out? Do you guys know? 89? Late 87, 87. 89. So, so I'm... So I'm like 11 years old at the time, and it's a very big deal, you know. And it hit, it uh, it was a big media blitz, and you know, people thought that the real Robin died, but it was not Dick. Obviously, it was Jason. Um, and on the other hand, we have the homoerotic subtext of Batman, which is something that I'm really glad Grant Morrison brought out to the foreground because it's always been there. It's something I've always noticed, and uh have never particularly been able to verbalize it, but it is obvious, and other writers have expounded on it a bit more. Um, I don't know if Geek Fights, being a humorous podcast, is necessarily the best place to discuss it, but... Wait, wait, Geek Fights is a humorous podcast? Well, sometimes it is. Um, Anyway, I'm getting long-winded here. The point is, the death of Jason Todd, the thing I remember the most about it is Denny O'Neill's quote on the back, which is... 
it would be a really sleazy stunt to bring him back. And they did, and they brought him back well, but I still think it's sleazy to bring him back. I think that the impact that Jason Todd's death had was a really big deal. Uh, and had he not returned, I might give it the nod. But uh, in this situation, I think that the homoerotic subtext of Batman has had a lot more impact on the character, and that's going to advance for me. Uh, vote for homoerotic subtext. Chuck. Okay. Um, hmm, let me see here. Uh, well, for those of you folks who are listening to our Geek Fights podcast for the first time, you'll know that uh, I generally go one of two ways. I either go serious or I thought absurd. you went both ways. Hey, oh. I think we know where Chuck's vote's going. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. But anyway, uh, generally speaking, I'll either be very serious or very serious to pick something extremely stupid. Uh, in this case, uh, I remember as a kid voting, I mean, uh, you know, the, the death of Jason Todd, just like Chad mentioned, and, uh, you know, uh, it was crazy. It's one of the first things I remember as a kid where a superhero uh, died, like, before the death of Superman and stuff like that. Um, but I also remember uh, they used to always rerun the old Adam West Batman uh, on TV, and I remember it actually being kind of popular for some reason among, like, me and my friends in elementary school, even though it was such a ridiculous... Uh, a movie, and it was just full of so much ridiculous homoerotic stuff that, in retrospect, is hilarious. That you didn't really think of when you were very young, but as you got older, mm-hmm. yeah, this is absolutely ridiculous. So, just for the fun of it, I'm going with the good old-fashioned homoeroticism. Yeah. Uh, vote for homoeroticism, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'll vote for gay Batman. Zing, Dave. <laughs> I've already brought up some, some fantastic points, especially Mike. Um, but I think that uh, I'm going to vote for the death of Jason Todd because uh, I was a little older. I uh, was in 88, I was uh, 16 or something. And they had the thing that I remember the most before I even read the story was that they had these, you could call uh, an 800 number. They had all these ads for like months in their other, in their other comics. You could call and vote. You can vote as to whether he lived or died, and if you see, you know, the trades or whatever collected editions, you can see, like, the alternate ending where he, you know, barely lives, but he lives. And the fans actually voted. Uh, you know, this is before the Internet. This is before geeks were cool in whatever remote way we all may be. Uh, you know, so this is some hardcore fans that got on the phone. You know, they're, they're, they're connected to the wall, rotary dial phones, and called in and called for his death. And I thought that was really cool because that... In retrospect, at the time, I thought it was weird. But, you know, later, I thought it was really cool because that was such such a media, such a reach for a comic book publisher to do to 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 cross over into the public domain, not in a writing way, but in, in an actual. You know, they they spent the money on these eight hundred numbers and said, "Call us and let us know what you want us to do, and we'll give you the story that you want." And that was that was, I think, the first call to arms for geeks to, to let the fans that were, you know, reading for years and years know that they had some say in, in the industry and, you know, besides just supporting it financially. And I think that honestly opened a doorway you know, to the years later as technology advanced for, for us to be, you know, bombarded with geek films in 2012. You know, I, I think that was a very big first step. So I'm giving it to uh, the death of Jason Powell. 
a vote for the death of Jason Todd. Yes, the first one is going to be very long-winded. Hopefully not the rest. Um, <laughs> I just said gay Batman. Yeah, I know. And I, well, I've got that's two, the thing is, once you get me talking about gay Batman, I'm not going to stop. I've, I've got two, two things to say. Uh, Jason Todd died by 50 votes. It was a very, 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 very close thing. It was amazing. 60. Was it 60? It, it, it's, it's a very small number when you really think about it. But Bruce loves dick. And the fact that Bruce loves Dick is the reason why I'm going to be voting for homoerotic subtext. Just because of that statement. Uh, and homoerotic subtext is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It is Kevin Conroy versus Christian Bale. Hmm. This is a tough one because Kevin Conroy is awesome. Um, did some of the best, you know, voicing of Batman. Uh, no one's really ever done it quite as good as him. Uh, but I'm going to vote for Christian Bale for two reasons. First of all, I think I really like Christian Bale. Uh, you know, that's also why I went for the homoeroticism earlier. Uh, but second of all, Christian Bale, he was in some great Batman movies and, uh, he did a very serious job. And let's face it, he played actual Batman. There's one thing to have a really badass voice, but there's another thing to have to actually play Batman, and for that reason, I'm going for the Bale. Uh, vote for Christian Bale. Mike? You know, when I read a Batman comic, I hear a voice in my head, and that voice doesn't sound like it smoked too many cigarettes, so I'm voting for Kevin Conroy. <laughs> uh, vote for Kevin Conroy. Dave? I, uh, I think it's a good first pairing because, you know, they're both really good Batman, but I'm also going to vote for Kevin Conroy for all those many wonderful years of great vocal performance. Another vote for Kevin Conroy. This is incredibly easy. Uh, Christian Bale has been a great Bruce Wayne Batman, and by, and by that I mean um, he is... He is definitely playing dual roles in in these movies, where you can see that he's Batman, even though he's not wearing the costume. There, there's many times, and when he's Bruce Wayne, it's very much a costume. He actually reminds me of himself from uh, American Psycho. But Kevin Conroy is Batman. Uh, I just posted a couple weeks ago the uh, the uh, what is it the Star Wars script being read by. Uh, by a bunch of voice actors and Kevin Conroy what read the narrator part as Batman. God, it was mm. amazing. I love the shit out of it. Uh, so yeah, I got to go Kevin Conroy. Uh, Chad. Yeah. Um, for all the reasons you guys said, uh, Christian Bale has definitely been the best live action Batman. Damon, you, you nailed it. He's playing the dual roles really well, but yeah, Kevin Conroy is the voice I hear in my head when I read the books. It's he has just perfected it, um, no doubt. Kevin Conroy. And Kevin Conroy takes the win. We're on to our next fight, Mike. This one is yours. It is the Batcave versus Brother Eye. Uh, I am definitely going for the Batcave. It is probably the best of uh, of all these superhero layers or hideouts or whatever you call it. And uh, for me, Brother Eye is not a Batman thing. Brother Eye uh, was created by Jack Kirby for OMAC. It was appropriated. Um, it is part of the uh, Infinite Crisis uh, storyline where Batman basically you know, becomes paranoid because he found out that they had messed with his mind and all that. And, and I don't know. that just Batman got to a place where he was just a little 
a little too much for me uh, with with that type of storyline. And uh, and again, like I said, it's not really iconically Batman. It's it's an OMAC thing, not a bad thing. Uh, vote for the Batcave, Dave. I agree. I do agree with you, Mike, with the with the OMAC thing. But I, I really I like that they appropriated it. I thought it was a, an excellent next stage to his paranoia. I mean, the guy already you know hides out in a cave. You know, afraid. I mean, I don't know. This is super safe bunker place away from the world. I mean, obviously Batman's crazy. I think I think for the most part we'll all be able to agree on that. But I, I like that he you know used his money and technology and everything to to develop this this satellite and and that went of course that went bad. Uh, so I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it to Brother I. A uh, vote for Brother I. Um, have you heard people talking about their man cave? It be, it's because of fucking Batman and his bat cave. You don't hear people talk about their fortress of solitude. Uh, you don't hear about people talking about the Baxter building or anything else like that. You hear about man caves. And the only reason people have man caves is because Batman has a fucking bat cave where he keeps all his cool shit like everybody else does when they keep their cool shit in their man cave. Uh, because of that, I have to go for bat cave. Chad. Damn, you're on a roll tonight, Damon. Um, yeah, the the Brother Eye thing, if you're going to appropriate something for the Batman uh, stories, Brother Eye is completely appropriate. But the Batcave is, it's like Commissioner Gordon or the Batmobile. It is just a part of the Batman legacy. It's a part of the, the overall story. So yeah, of course the Batcave. Absolutely. Batcave gets another vote. And Chuck. Yeah, uh, again, Damon, uh, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. Uh, again, Brother Eye is cool, but uh, again, it's a little more in-depth kind of DC uh, stuff, which I like a lot, but uh, you just can't beat the Batcave, which is classic. And the Batcave is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Mr. Gill, this one is yours. It is The Dark Knight Returns, the, the comic book by Frank Miller, versus Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, hmm. Starting to returns. Uh, I mean, you know, we all know how important that work was uh, back when it was first published, and you know what a, what a turn it took for the industry. And uh, Catwoman is a great character, but uh, I've always had an issue with the, um, the 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 criminal guy. I mean, there's antiheroes, and then there's like you know. She's a thief. She's a thief. She should be in jail. And she's super hot, and we have this thing. And I totally get that. You know, the bad girl. I definitely dated a few of those myself. But um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna pass on Catwoman. I'm afraid. Um, sad, vote for Dark Knight Returns. Um, Dark Knight Returns fucking changed comics. Plain and simple. It's one of the most iconic, iconic, iconic things to ever happen to comics. It's an amazing read. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it when I was old enough to enjoy it because when you're young, that, that's, a, that's a pretty dense read. It's, it's really dense, but it's a good one. Uh, but I like Catwoman. I, I, I like the character of Catwoman. Now, I'm not talking about Julie Newmar or, or who is it now? Um, I can't remember who's playing it or even Holly Berry or any of the other people. Halfway. Anne Hathaway, God, she's hot. But I, 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 I like the character. I, it, when she was on the animated series, she was one of my favorite reoccurring characters. I loved the hell out of Catwoman. Um, so I, I can't vote. I, I love Catwoman. I'm going Catwoman. 
Uh, Chad. Yeah, I mean, this is another one of those instances where The Dark Knight Returns is just a, a seminal work, obviously. You don't can't talk about Batman without eventually getting around to The Dark Knight Returns. But Catwoman is just part of that larger mythos. It's like Lex Luthor or Lois Lane is to Superman. She's just... She fits so well. I love the idea of... I think it was Miller in year one uh, had her kind of inspired by Batman to a certain extent. Um, I love the idea that she's... Yeah, she's, she's the bad guy that Batman lets go because... He just can't get enough of her. Um, yeah, she's just cool as hell. And fucking Julie Newmar. <laughs> Come on. Uh, vote for Catwoman. Chuck. Why, why does nobody bring up Eartha Kitt ever? I said always Julie Newmar. Mm. Yeah, but because Julie Newmar's number one. That's well, because, exactly. No, because I mean, Julie Newmar was black. That's why. Julie Newmar that's the was other black. Way. Uh, all, the more reason, all the more reason to vote for Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar was also first. <laughs> well, that too. Eartha Kitt was a replacement. Anyway, uh, oh, Chuck? It was a great And cat. nobody mentions Lee Merriweather. <laughs> you did. Chuck? Um, yeah, this is a, a tough one because, again, it's an instance where it's a great comic run versus just kind of like a really cool element of the Batman universe. Uh, so they're two very different things. Um, I do like how, you know, pretty much what everyone else said. I like how Dark Knight did change Batman to kind of the darker Batman that uh, ultimately we recall from like the uh, Tim Burton uh, Batman or even the uh, newer Batman movies. But yeah, I'm going to have to go with Catwoman too. And uh, not only Julie Newmar being the reason when I was a kid, you know, she was one of the first uh, women, you know, when I was growing up being like, oh, right, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, Catwoman, I think it was Mike who said, is just a cool character who kind of straddles the good and the bad to the point where Batman uh, can almost sympathize with her or even lust over her and uh, let her get away. Uh, almost kind of like how a cat has nine lives and escapes and. Uh, she's just like an integral part of uh, all the, the kind of characters in the Batman universe. So I wanted to move on. Cat I like woman. I like that you said that Catwoman straddles good and evil. Hey-o. Oh, hey, for the Batman. Uh, Freud, Catwoman, uh, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I am voting for uh, the Dark Knight Returns. I mean, you you guys have mentioned one thing kind of in passing, saying, "Oh, well, yeah, the Dark Knight changed comics." The Dark Knight changed Batman, and uh, and I don't really see how you can say that as casually as you do. I mean, Catwoman has not really changed anything. It, Catwoman may be cool, and she's a good character. Uh, certainly, you know, Julie Newmar and, and various others have, have played her very well. But if way back in 1940, 1941, whenever her first appearance was, if she had died at the end of that comic and never been seen again, uh, Batman would have gone on just fine. If The Dark Knight Returns had not come around, we would not be having this discussion about Batman today. I mean, most of you guys don't really remember what the comics landscape was like before that. And Batman, I mean, the Batman that any, that anybody loves today came from this book. It is singularly responsible for the Batman that we know today. We would not have a Batman movie or, or a series of Batman movies. We would not have had Batman, the animated series. We would not have had all of these things that, we talk about and cherish so much if that book hadn't taken Batman from being basically a pretty straightforward hero of the night 
into being truly a Dark Knight uh, Avenger. It's it's really a, a tremendously transformative work. Maybe um, if you weren't there, you don't quite realize that. But just very simply put, if it was not for the Dark Knight Returns, there would be no Best of Batman Geek Night show. Well, luckily, this is Geek Fights. But uh, you, you, you got me to change my vote, Mike. I, I changed it to Dark Knight Returns. You are absolutely correct. Even though I love Catwoman, uh, Dark Knight Returns did... It, it did change the comic landscape completely, and it did change Batman completely. So, yeah, Dark Knight Returns is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. Uh, it is Frank Gorshin versus Gotham by Gaslight. Um, I didn't read Gotham by Gaslight. I don't like Frank Gorshin. But only only because <laughs> everybody's like, he's the best Riddler ever. He's the best Riddler ever. And I'm like, I don't like my Riddler goofy. I, I really don't. I, I like a little bit more um, analytical brainy from the animated series because he wasn't very goofy. He was only on like six or seven times, but he was much more methodical than goofy. And uh, But I also didn't read Gotham by Gaslight. I think I'm going to go with Gotham by Gaslight because I think Frank Gorshin's going to get a shit ton of love here. So, Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, Chad? Yeah, uh, didn't didn't Mignola draw Gotham by Gaslight? Yep. He did. Yeah, I mean, that's too hard to vote against. Uh, Frank Gorshin has got going for him a great performance. I, I like the guy's acting and the few other things I've seen him in. Uh, he's the guy that made me dig the Riddler because I love that suit. I love the fucking three-piece suit he wears. With the little derby hat, but Mike Mignola drew Gotham by Gaslight, so I'll go with Gotham by Gaslight as well. Uh, vote for Gotham by Gaslight, Chuck. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna jump on the bandwagon and pick uh, Gotham by Gaslight as well. Um, I thought it was an interesting concept. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I like Frank Gorshin. But again, it's like I was uh, saying earlier, Batman. You know. Uh, the 60s Batman, Adam West Batman. It's a show that uh, when you're a kid, you remember it being cool, and then when you get older, uh, you can enjoy it for its campiness. And Frank Gorshin, while fun, I agree with, I think it was uh, uh, someone mentioned earlier that he is better as kind of like a cool, calculating, analytical guy. Like, he really enjoys complex riddles. He's not kind of like this campy, over-the-top 60s TV actor. Uh and for that reason, I'm going for Gotham by Gaslight. Another vote for Gotham by Gaslight. Mike? Uh, I'm actually very glad that this has already been decided by the time it gets to me because this, this is a tough one. And certainly uh, everything that all you guys said about Gotham by Gaslight is true and, and even more so. Um, it was it, not just uh, the artwork. It was actually very well written, very clever. And it was the first Elseworlds. I mean, that really opened up uh, Indeed. a whole new level of of comics um and and there were probably more batman elseworlds than than anything else and uh you know just this idea of taking batman and moving him into uh victorian england which is just you know almost as perfect as gotham city um so i agree with everything that everybody said but since it is already won i will uh give a vote to frank gorshin uh just because he was a great riddler uh certainly a very different riddler than uh than the type we're used to today uh, but I still enjoyed the performance a lot, um, even to the point where he he reprised, well, not really reprised the role, but basically played himself in a Riddler-esque type performance in the uh, Return of the Batcave. Uh, so it really was iconic for a very long time, and uh, and I, I think he just did a, a great job. 
Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy to see Gotham by Gaslight getting this much love. It really doesn't get as much attention as it deserves. But uh, I also, I don't want Frank Gorshin to go uh, unappreciated in this particular fight. So, Frank Gorshin. Uh, vote for Frank Gorshin and Dave. Uh, yeah, same thing. Frank Gorshin, amazing. He was one of my favorite Riddlers of all time. I think if it's not him, I like Riddler to be written by Matt Wagner. Um, but Gotham by Gaslight was one that I put on here. And it was like, for Mike, the reason Mike said is it was the first Elseworlds, and it really did. And a lot of the Elseworlds were crap, but a lot of them were really good. A lot of them were really fun reads, and if they hadn't had the success from that, if it hadn't been as good as it was, DC would have just left it at that one. And, uh, yeah, so Gotham by Gaslight gets my vote as well. And Gotham by Gaslight is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Uh, Chad, this one is yours. It is the Joker versus Batman Brave and the Bold. Oh, well, uh, the Joker is, you know, Batman's whatever fucking other side of the coin. Yada, yada. He's great. Uh, I'm kind of tired of the Joker a lot of the time, depending. I mean, I love the Joker, but uh, he gets old. That whole 1989, everyone just was obsessed with the Joker thing was too much. It's, I'm still reeling from it. Thank God Heath Ledger pulled me out of it. Uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold is wonderful. It is a great introduction to the DC Universe because it features everybody. It is a kid's show. It is fun and campy and reminiscent of the 60s Batman. It is reminiscent of Dick Sprang Batman and Silver Age Batman. And uh, it's it's good. It's really well written. It's a really good show. Um, I cannot express enough how much I love Batman: The Brave and the Bold. And I know it's going to lose because everybody loves Joker. But go ahead. A uh, vote for Batman: The Brave and the Bold, Chuck. Yeah, I'm going to have to go for the Joker. I like Brave and the Bold, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the fucking Joker, man. Uh, it's like one of the integral greatest villains uh, in all the Batman universe. Uh, I mean, he's just such a cool character. Uh, you can go from kind of like the cliche Joker all the way to the complex, really fucked up in the head Joker. I mean, you even have the Joker is such a fucked up character that uh, I think it was Jack Nicholson even warned uh ledger about when he was about to play the joker like be careful man because like he kind of fucked my head or whatever and i don't know you know i can't speak to personal problems Heath ledger had but he you know freaking started taking all these drugs and you know ultimately died who knows it was because of the fucked up nature of trying to put his mind inside of being a character like the joker so uh, everyone knows who the joker is people in china you can be like hey you know batman and the joker they're gonna know so i'm going for the joker uh, vote for the Joker, Mike. Batmite could have been up against Batman Brave and the Bold, and I would vote for it. Um, I don't like that <laughs> show at all. Um, I, I get that it is a good kid show. It is a good introduction. Um, but as I am not a child and I've already been introduced to the DC universe, it pretty much just sort of, just sort of flat. Um, it's, it's not really the Batman that I really like. Um, although I do enjoy the silver age comics and i do uh enjoy the batman animated series but th those were both products of their time and uh maybe if batman brave and the bold came out in the 60s i would like it a little bit more but uh for me i just i tried repeatedly and uh the show uh just never really worked for me so as far as i'm concerned um this particular fight 
has the Joker, has the Heath Ledger Joker um, versus the uh, the Batman Brave and the Bold. And uh, Joker just turns to Batman Brave and the Bold and says, hey, you want to see a magic trick? A uh, vote for the Joker, Mr. Gill. Yeah, I agree with Mike, and uh, I have a kid, and I would not want him to watch that show. He's seen every episode of the anime series, the Justice League, Superman. I hate that show. Uh, you know, shout out to the the artwork style. That's cool and introduction introduction, but I mean, it, it, it's 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 almost worse than Marvel Superhero Squad. I mean, it, I just think it's a terrible show, and I think that the Joker is one of the greatest villains in fiction that was ever created and then you know developed and and evolved. Uh, so absolutely giving it to the Joker. Uh, another vote for the Joker. Yeah, I would. I I, I don't want to shit on Chad right now. I don't want to. I think on. you guys all have terrible taste. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the other way around. Uh, no, Brave and the Bold. The problem I have with Brave and the Bold is it is an introduction to a DC universe, but not the DC universe that has been in comics for the last fifty years. And that's one of my problems with it. I understand that some of the current characters appear, but the feel of that show. It's from like 40 years ago, and that's not the DC universe I ever liked or cared about. And, and I think that's, the pro- that's, that's probably my only problem with it. It's, it that's not the DC I want to read or I, I want to watch. It's not what I want to see. Uh, it's the Joker. I'm not even going to bother. He's going to be in this for a little while. <laughs> Joker is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It is Robin versus Rajal Ghoul. I'm going to go with uh, Raja Ghoul because um, I think he's a really cool villain. I like the whole kind of uh, being regenerated aspects of, of him, uh, uh, you know, having a hot daughter. Um, and <laughs> even though I like Robin uh, and his classic aspect of Batman, uh, you know, I, sometimes I think Batman can just kind of be on his own. He's kind of more of a loner. And uh, it's not that I dislike Robin, but I feel like uh, you can kind of have a solid Batman story without Robin, but you can't have a good Batman story without a solid villain. And that's why I'm going for Ra's al Ghul. Uh, Vote for the eco-terrorist Ra's al Ghul. Ghul. Uh, Mike? Uh, This actually is kind of tough. Ra's al Ghul is is a great villain. Um, I think he is one of the, the best Batman villains. Um, but Robin is iconic. Um, but unfortunately, while there have been a lot of good Robin things, there've also been a lot of bad Robin things, but, uh, you know, as far as what really signifies Batman, um, you know, for me, it's gotta be Robin. You know, I, we, we're going to use the word iconic a lot. We've used it already. Um, and, uh, and I guess the, the other reason would be, uh, we've already voted for homoerotic, uh, subtext once. So let's, uh, let's let Robin go through here as well. And, uh, you know, there's a good chance that not in the next round, but the round after that, it could be Joker versus Robin. And we've seen how that fight ends. Uh, crowbars. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. Yeah, I agree with Mike. This is, this is fairly tough because Raj is a, is a really good villain. Uh, and if you were going to say like Liam Neeson versus Chris O'Donnell, then I would totally give it to Raj. 
But uh, I love Robin. I've always loved the character. I like his, his Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, and Tim Drake. Um, you know, I really, even Stephanie Brown, which she took over the mantle for a little bit. It's nice to have that glimmer of hope left over in a, a very dark, depressed soul of war on crime. Uh, as, as some of you know, I named my son Grayson after Dick Grayson. Uh, so I think it would be an insult to my family if I did not vote for Robin at this time. You could change his name to Ghoul. A <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, vote for Robin. Uh, yeah, the reason why lots of superheroes have sidekicks is because of Robin. He is the most iconic sidekick of all time. He won. Uh, he won. He won best sidekick. And 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 when you really think about it, he's he's the sidekick. There's the Teen Titans. There's so many, there's so much stuff that you like today because of Robin. Uh, the the wonderful television show Young Justice. Robin. I, I mean, the, the Robin is is the entry point for young readers into the DC universe, and it, and and that's what he was created for at the beginning, and he has been for the last what 60, 70 years now. Uh, he's an amazing character, Rajagul. I love him to death. He's a great bad guy. I, I like the way he works, but I can't I can't name Raja Ghoul stories that I, I go back to and read over and over again. They're actually Robin stories that I've gone back and read in, in his own comic book in Batman. So uh, I've got to go with Robin. And what's the what's the third one? Carrie isn't that her name? Carrie. God damn it! The Dark Knight Return. Carrie Kelly. Carrie Kelly, because she's technically yeah. the third Robin, right? Because it goes. Grayson, Jason Todd, then her, yeah. then Tim Drake, then Damian Wayne, who's probably going to die. Uh, Stephanie Brown. Let's look at Stephanie Brown. I don't care about her. Uh, <laughs> Chad? Yeah, uh, the disadvantage, or maybe the advantage of being the last person here, is that you guys have basically said everything I can say. Um, I love Raz al Ghul, or Ra's al Ghul, depending on how you want to pronounce it, for the I love the Magneto aspect of him. I love that he sees himself as a hero, sees himself as doing something good. Um, but Robin's Robin. And if memory serves, Robin is the third DC character to be introduced. I mean, I know it was national back in the day and whatever, but it's Superman, Batman, and didn't wasn't Robin introduced before Wonder Woman? I mean, he is, you want to talk, throw out the word iconic, yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's back, he's golden age, as golden age as they come. And as Damon said, there's really only one sidekick, and it's Robin, and all other sidekicks come from him. He's the Superman of sidekicks. So, so I guess I did get to say something. Oh, vote for Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and Robin moves on. We are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. You get the unknown. See, it doesn't happen very often. I didn't tell you what Jared's pick was, and this is Jared's pick. It is Neil Adams versus one of my favorite Batman stories, which is The Killing Joke. It is Neil Adams versus The Killing Joke. Ow, this is rough. Um, Killing Joke is one of my favorite Batman stories of all time. You know, Alan Moore and Brian Ballin, and Neil Adams is one of uh, the greatest comic book artists of all time. I put Neil Adams on this list. I was really hoping this unknown was going to be weak. Um, hmm. I am going to vote for Neil Adams, um, primarily because, uh, you know, when I look at this bracket overall, 
we only have two actual comic book creators on here. Um, and, and I think maybe, I don't know how Frank Miller didn't get on here. I guess uh, everybody hates him after kind of going a little crazy in, in the spirit and all that, uh, even though two of his works are on here. But, uh, you know, just to kind of show some respect for the people who actually made all of these things that we're talking about. And, you know, we talked about Raj Agul in the last round, and, uh, and Neil Adams is responsible for that. And uh, while the Dark Knight um, really uh, solidified uh, the, the Batman that we know today, Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill, their Batman was really an antidote to the camp. Um, they really took it back to its roots uh, and, and really laid the groundwork that Frank Miller could build on later. Um, you know, for me, for a very, very long time, visually, Neil Adams' Batman was the Batman. And just, he's one of my all-time favorite artists, and I think we need to, to show a little love to uh, the people who make the comics, not just the things that they make. So, Neil Adams. A vote for Neil Adams. Mr. Gale. Yeah, that is, that is tough, because uh, Neil Adams, just his art alone, I mean, I think when I was younger, I read more random comics, you know, drawn by him. I thought that's how all comics should be drawn, and eh, I may not be wrong. Uh, in saying that, but the Killing Joke was was probably more pivotal, if as pivotal for me, if not more so than the Dark Knight Returns was, um, as far as the storytelling went, and what an insanely mature short <laughs> story that, uh, that 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 really changed everything for me as a reader. So love Neil Adams, love him, but I'm gonna have to give it to the Killing Joke. A uh, vote for the Killing Joke. Uh, this is incredibly difficult because Neil Adams uh, appeared on the show for a quick second. Oh He's, yeah, he was in. He was in uh, the the bonus episode of Geek Fights from C two E two. So, uh, you know, I, I, he was on. But the Joker is my my second or third favorite DC character. And if you like the Joker, the Killing Joke is probably the best Joker story, period. Because it's a Joker story. Batman is in it, uh, but it, it's it's a Joker story. It's about how fucked up the Joker actually is, and he's really fucked up. And you know, I read it when I was like sixteen, seventeen, and then I read it again a couple years ago, and I missed so much stuff, so much subtext, so much really fucked up things like. The Joker making librarian jokes after he shoots Batgirl through the spine about, oh, it looks like the book of this, the spine of the book is uh, broken. We're going to have to throw that away. Ha ha ha. And then he proceeds to take pictures of her na naked, crying, and then show them to a naked Commissioner Gordon saying, ha ha, fuck you. I fucked up your daughter. He, uh, th that story is amazing. And then the fact that. It was the first time I ever read Batman Laugh because I didn't read Silver Age Batman. And I didn't really pay any attention to Super Friends or anything like that. I only really had grim, gritty Batman. And then Joker tells that joke at the end and Batman laughs. And I was like, holy shit, this is an amazing story. And uh, as much as I like Neil Adams, I can't, I can't vote against him. I'm voting for The Killing Joke. Uh, Chad? So I am standing with my friend Matt at a Wizard World in Chicago, and he's going to meet Neil Adams. He's got a hardcover book of Neil Adams' art, and he hands it to him to be autographed. And we are awed for all the reasons that Mike stated earlier. We are awed. For Dave, as Dave said, 
this is how I thought all superhero books should look the way Neil Adams draw. Neil Adams says, yeah, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then just tell the guy, tell, 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 tell the guy to just, to just dig the whole pool up and rebuild it. He's on his cell phone talking to his contractor about, uh, you know, putting in an in-ground pool. He looks up and says, what's your name, kid? Oh, my name's Matt. Oh, yeah, okay, well, okay, here you go, Matt. Have a good day. Really, really was not very nice to us. Uh, but goddamn, that being said, Mike has fucking convinced me. <laughs> I still can't vote against Neil Adams. Neil Adams is just poetry on a page, man. And the killing joke is so good. The killing joke, that joke at the end, Damon, I would argue that that makes Batman even grimmer and grittier despite the fact that he laughs. It is such a good Joker story. But yeah, Neil Adams is kind of that icon thing. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Batcave or Robin. It's just I just can't. I even despite being mistreated by Mr. Adams, <laughs> I'm calling him Mr. Adams. So Neil gets the vote. A vote for Neil Adams. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Chuck. Which one takes the win? Um. Yeah. I mean. I agree really across the board with almost everything everybody has been saying. I really like uh, Neil Adams. And uh, also just kind of in defense of, of Neil Adams, like uh, uh, if I was at a comic book convention, I would get bored with people constantly coming up to me, no matter how important I was to them. Uh, uh, so I think people are allowed to have that. I mean, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. I would be pissed too but you know it just shows that he's human and you know he has problems like getting a pool installed although damn him he has a pool but uh i'm gonna go with the killing joke just because uh it's just such a damn good book i was even uh looking here on the fancy interwebs here that the killing joke has been constantly in print ever since uh it came out that's uh, you know how great of a, a story it is people are still always interested in it it's just freaking awesome um and uh, it features the joker just like i was talking about earlier how i just really love the joker so uh well and again this is a story versus a whole man's body of work so i am hesitant to vote against neil adams but i just can't go against the killing joke and the killing joke is moving on we are on to our next fight. Dave, this one is yours. This one's also difficult. It is the Batmobile versus Batgirl. And it was specifically Barbara Gordon Batgirl, not random Batgirl. Right. So I'm going to give it to uh, Barbara Gordon because this is one of my choices. And because I have been in love with her since I was like three years old. And the Batmobile is cool. And in all many iterations, except for that time when Schumacher made it right up the side of a building, uh, you know, but it's just a car. It's just a car. And uh, Batgirl is such a great character, and I hope she moves on so we can discuss this at length later on. But um, inspired by Batman, you know, police, police commissioner's daughter or, daughter or niece, or depending on the continuity, um, and you know, Robin's, you know, one true love. I just think. I just think she's an amazing character and to survive what happened in the killing joke and to go on to become Oracle. Like they've really taken Barbara Gordon and made her so fantastic. And, uh, so I, I can't help but give all my love and my vote to, uh, Barbara Gordon, that girl, a uh, vote for Barbara Gordon. 
wow you like geek spite was boiling up i really did want to just lash out and be like batmobile because barbara gordon fucking sucks but i'm not going to do that <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna, i'm not gonna do that i i might still vote for the batmobile did you uh, kind of just do that dude I, I did but it wasn't it wasn't for real it was it was just my, my crazy head talking uh the batmobile is part of the gadgets and we don't really have the gadgets on here there's a couple joke gadgets on here but the batmobile is the batmobile they're god almost ah, i i really can't i i really can't make a a big thing for the batmobile but i i love the batmobile one of my favorite animated series uh episodes is the mechanic the guy who fixes the batmobile after it gets fucked up in his story uh I like the fact that Batmobile is a, almost a character of its own, and it changes every five to ten years, depending on what's going on in the comics. Uh, I love the Bat vehicles in general, and I, I've never been that much of a Batgirl fan. I, I think everybody else is a much more of a Batgirl fan than I am, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the Batmobile. And uh, yeah, Batmobile. Chad. Yeah, I, um, Damon, you you pretty much said everything I could possibly say about the Batmobile. Um, and of course, I've obviously been voting the the iconic vote all night. But uh, you know what? Batgirl's costume, the color scheme, the layout, the design is so fucking awesome. Uh, I'm actually going to go Batgirl. I just think she looks cool. I think she looks cool standing next to Batman. I think comics are a visual medium. She just looks cool. So uh, for just to rock the boat a little, I'm going to say Batgirl. Uh, vote for Batgirl. Chuck. Uh, yeah, you know what looks even cooler? The fucking Batmobile. Um, <laughs> I mean... Okay. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, Damon earlier uh, had a great point how you were saying how men like to have their man cave like Batman has his Batcave, and men like to have their Batmobile. You know, they like to have a fancy car, and there's nothing more fancy and more impressive than the Batmobile. And uh, just for example, one time I went over to hang out with some of my buddies, and uh, um, one of my friends just really hates the Tumblr from the newer Batman movies. And so he was claiming that it wasn't the Batmobile, it was just a Batmobile, which was a stupid semantic, you know, uh, different, you know, difference, but it caused this ridiculous argument, okay, and I just wanted to watch a movie with my friends, and about an hour and a half later, they're still arguing over whether or not it's classified technically as a Batmobile, pulling all this ridiculous comic knowledge uh, from all these obscure comics, and that's how awesome the Batmobile is, is they could have two grown men arguing for an hour and a half about a fictional car. Batmobile! A uh, vote for the Batmobile. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mr. Ortiz. Which one takes the win? You know, this actually is a, a very, very tough decision for me. Uh, not the choice between the two, because it's very obviously the Batmobile. Um, but do I use wow. the geek logic of it's the car, chicks dig the car, or the Batmobile has four wheels and Barbara Gordon only has two? Um, I, I mean the motorcycle she rode the motorcycle so either way it's the Batmobile dude you can get a Batwoman after a uh, Batgirl after you get the Batmobile uh, sorry Dave 
Batgirl goes down. Coming on. My heart just broke a little bit. It's all right. It'll mend. Batmobile is moving on. You know, a Batmobile would make it mend really well. Yeah. It's yeah just so a- would a Batgirl. Yeah, yeah but I Batmobile- think a Batgirl would make it mend a lot. It's a mobile. Sorry. I had a mobile when I was a baby. You know what I'm saying? The, the mobile is moving now. on. And we are on to our next fight. It is Michael Keaton versus the utility belt. And while Michael Keaton is actually my personal favorite uh, on-screen Batman, he, he really is. I don't know why. It's probably because he's the first one uh, for me, but he's still my favorite. The utility belt is iconic. Uh, Batman has everything that you could ever, ever possibly imagine in the utility belt, period, bar none. It's, it's, it's simple. Everything is in the utility belt. Hey, uh, Batman, do you have Jesus in your... Yep, I got Jesus right here in the utility belt. Uh, we need the bones of an Egyptian goddess. Guess what? It's in it's in the bat utility belt. It's there. Everything he could ever need is in the utility belt. And uh, because it is iconic, I'm going to vote for the utility belt. Chad. Yeah, do a shot every time one of us says iconic. Um, Damon, last <laughs> last round. Okay. Last, <laughs> last round, you said you were disappointed that there weren't a lot of bat gadgets uh i put utility belt on this list because to me it's all the bat gadgets um to me one of the big things i remember as a kid i think it was a who's who entry or it may have you know, may have just been reprinted from an older comic and it was like a cutaway diagram of the old tube style utility belt and it showed how he compressed all these tiny little machines and these little cameras and nail files and fucking fingernail clippers and shit in there and it just it it hooked me. The, the the utility belt is James Bond times ten. So yeah, utility belt. Michael Keaton, uh kudos to you. Uh you're I thought you were awesome in Beetlejuice. Um and you know what? He's good in he's good in Batman, you know, but uh he's not a utility belt, you know? So I wish him all the best though. Uh, utility <laughs> a vote for the utility belt. I would love. I would love that being a quote on the back of a Batman comic. Uh, Michael Keaton. He's not a utility belt. Like what? <laughs> but I wish him. I wish him all the best. I wish him all the best. I mean, I'm uh, sure he's a good guy. Uh, Chuck. Uh, I hear he drowns puppies, actually. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, Michael Keaton. He's good. I don't know why, but when we just mentioned his name, that movie Duplicity popped into my head. Just one of many mediocre movies that he was in. Uh, so even I like Michael Keaton. I love the Tim Batman. I'm a Tim <laughs> Tim Burton Batman movies. In case you didn't notice, I'm tired. I'm mixing up words here. But um, you got to go with the utility belt. Uh, I'm pretty much think that Chad hit the nail on the head with his description. It basically represents all gadgets. And I remember when we did the best of James Bond episode, uh, we had freaking Scaramanga on there, who's uh, a Bond villain. We realized, oh shit, he's the only Bond villain on there. So we made it all the way to the final four just because we decided to have him represent all Bond villains. But the utility belt contains all of Batman's crazy ass shit. You know, bat herpy cream, you know, batarang, you name it, it's in there. So I gotta go with the utility belt. It's just, uh, you know, iconic. Boom, take a shot. Uh, vote for the utility belt. And uh, let's see, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I am going to vote for Michael Keaton. Um, I agree with everything everyone has said about the, the utility belt, and that's exactly why I'm not voting for it. Um, at one point, uh, when we were building this bracket, uh, I wanted to put bat fans on here because I really 
just even though I don't think they're the best of Batman, I think they're the worst. Um, and and I hate the constant uh, Batman always wins. That's his thing. And no matter what situation you you put Batman in, they always respond with, "Well, he'll just pull this out of his utility belt. He can beat Superman because he'll pull Krypton out of his utility belt. He can beat Green Lantern because he can pull Yellow or whatever." Um, and that's pretty much his thing. Everybody complains about Superman being uh, infinitely powerful, but the utility belt ultimately makes Batman exactly the same way. Nobody really seems to uh, to have a problem with that. Uh, the utility belt is a crutch. It is it is lazy writing. It is we don't know what to do here, so Batman automatically just has it uh, tucked away. Um, you know, I think it's actually one of the worst aspects of the character. If it was just uh, something where. Like, you know, we talk about the Bond gadgets. The Bond gadgets are introduced usually at the beginning of the movie and we figure out how they're going to be used. With the utility belt, it's just, oh, I happen to have exactly what I need um, on here. We have Bat Shark Repellent on this list later, and that that's a comedic example of how Bat, even though that wasn't in the belt, of ex- how Batman just always happens to have exactly what he needs. Um, it, I think it's actually kind of realist, unrealistic uh, for someone who, you know, right, dresses up in tights and pretends he's a bat. But uh, because it is just so symbolic of that, Batman always wins, and uh, and no one ever really seems to call call him on it. Uh, I'm going to vote for Michael Keaton because uh, I really don't like the utility belt. Uh, vote for Michael Keaton. It's Could funny. you throw iconic in there though? You, you didn't say iconic. Uh, it, it is an iconic example of lazy. Thank writing. you. <laughs> iconic example of lazy writing. That's a, that's that an amazing sweet. quote. That's four shots shot. the past minute there. That was four. We just said it four times. Anyway, Mr. Gill, what is your vote? <laughs> I, I agree with Mike. I think that, that Michael Keaton totally deserves one. You're talking about Mr. Mom. You're talking about this, this comedic actor that uh, in, in two movies between 89 and, and 90 or what have you, he, he, I, I personally think he gave the best performance Christian Bale aside, he gave the best performance of, of Bruce Wayne and Batman. And it's hilarious because he's this tiny little non-action star physical guy, but when he was Bruce Wayne in the house, when he was almost dropping his champagne and Alfred catches it in the planter or what have you, and then he's, you know, serious and dark, he was phenomenal as Batman. And he's a good actor. He, he, he seems like a cool guy, too. I, that's one of the guys I would love to meet in Hollywood at this age, you know, and just say, hey, what's up? How are you? Uh, but the utility belt, and again, I think, Damon, you and I both chose the back sh- bat shark repellent, and it's just like Michael said, it's just ridiculous. This this gadget, this tool, particularly, makes makes everything too easy for Batman. And as far as Bond goes, as a comparison, that makes sense. We would look for where he was going to use these, whereas the new Bond movies, which I really enjoy with Daniel Craig, you know, he's he's gadgetless. You know, and I think that, that the gadgets are cheap. The gadgets are, are cheap. And uh, I'm totally going for Michael Keaton. You know, one more thing about Michael Keaton. When he was yeah. first announced as Batman, everybody was like, oh my God, this is stupid. This is the worst idea Livid. ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was just nobody bought it. Everybody thought Tim Burton was was out of his mind. And, uh, you know, as soon as that movie came out, everybody shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when they released those first, you know, the shots of just him saying, I'm Batman, like on Entertainment Tonight or something. And yeah, yeah. even that was just like, whoa, okay. We see where you're yeah. you know. But yeah, no disrespect to Michael Keaton. But except for that white noise movie. <laughs> Utility <laughs> belt is moving on uh, and we are on to our next fight. Uh, Chad, What's up? Chad, Chad, this fight is yours. It is Adam West versus Joel Schumacher. Well, <clears throat> despite my love of the homoerotic subtext in Batman, 
you might think that I'd be going for Joel Schumacher uh, due to that. But I uh, I actually really love the 60s Batman TV show. It's, it's You guys have all said it, and everybody said it a million times. When you're a kid, you think it's serious. You think it's a, a serious Batman show. You reach, you reach your teen years, and you fucking hate it because you want your Batman to be dark and grim and gritty. Then you grow up, and you become an adult, and you realize how excellent that show is, how how fucking hilarious it is and if you know your superheroes my god it's it's spot on um adam west has a lot of that uh that homoerotic subtext that i enjoy in his performance joel schumacher just just real i just don't like those movies you know i'm not gonna say i i know that technically yes joel schumacher killed the franchise i don't like those movies they're bad i'm not gonna go off on that i'm just gonna i'm just gonna lay down at the altar of adam west and talk about how wonderful that man is I I, I, pref- I I don't know. I don't know. Fuck. William Shatner has this fucking huge geek cred following thing, and I think Adam West deserves all of it and more. I think the man's great. He's wonderful. And he's like chubby in that costume, and that's awesome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's sweet. A vote. So, whatever. Adam for, West. A vote for Adam West. Uh, Chuck? Uh, all right, yeah. Coming on after Chad, I feel like you know Kenny Banya coming on after Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, you know the crowd's already been warmed up. You already know all the information. Uh, you put it exactly. You know I couldn't put I'm it sorry. better. Than that. No, it's all right, man. It's great. Uh, and uh, and also as you pointed out with the Adam Adam's iconic. Yeah, exactly. Take a shot, man. Good but, thing I'm uh, <laughs> But uh, Adam West. Uh, his life is also similar to the Batman TV show, like you were describing. When you're a kid, you think it's great. Then you get older, and you realize, like, this is a bunch of bullshit. Then you get old. Then you get even older, and you look back at it, and you go, you know what? This is pretty fun. You know, uh, looking back at it. And Adam West, you know, started off trying to be an actor. Uh, he was on Batman. Then he kind of hit rock bottom and had to be in all these really cheap, uh, you know, porno movies in the '70s. He kind of hit rock bottom, became you know, you know a negative thing, and then he kind of came back as this pop culture icon, even just starting from random appearances in The Simpsons to really Family Guy, really kind of uh, making him even bigger to the point where now, as Chad mentioned, he's kind of like William Shatner-esque, where people were once laughing at him, and now he's the man, and everyone loves him. And uh, for all those reasons, I got to go for Adam West and uh, Joel Schumacher again, it's just like complaining about the Star Wars prequels. You know, I, I could go on and on, but we all know why he sucks. A vote for Adam West, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I, I think Joel Schumacher is a very talented director. Uh, he's done some, some great movies. I, I love uh, Falling Down Lost Boys. and Flatliners and Lost Boys. Um, and actually, I don't have a problem with his Batman movies. Uh, I, I find them very entertaining. I, I actually enjoy Batman and Robin. Uh, quite a bit. Um, but the reason I enjoy it quite a bit is because it's got a broad comedic, strange camp quality that, uh, I think is, is the, the sort of successor to the uh, original Batman TV series. So everything that Joel Schumacher contributed to the Batman franchise, uh, Adam West contributed, uh, 20 some years before. And I would, I would just pose this to you guys. Batman and Robin would be a great movie if you take out George Clooney and put in Adam West. So Adam West. And rewrite it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, vote for Adam West. Uh, Dave. 
Um, yeah, I totally don't don't agree with that substitution, Mike. But I think that Joel Schumacher, he, you know, what he did to the franchise was also kind of important because he he, he killed it quickly with those two movies. Uh, that that uh, David, didn't you and I go see the fourth one together at the midnight show? I believe we did. I don't and, uh, remember. We were both like we left like yeah yeah it was yeah that was yeah no that was terrible but Adam West uh, as a, as a as a pop icon I mean he's important but at the same time you know you go to the con and he he as a celebrity had like it curtained off I mean you can't even manage to take like a, a phone pick up him in passing secretly he's got it all closed off and once a long long time ago I was waiting tables and he and he was at this restaurant where I worked and. This little kid and his father, the father, like, you know, tugged on his, his sleeve as he walked past and asked for an autograph on the napkin. And he was just a total dick. I was waiting table, and he was just like, don't touch me. I'm sorry. No, I will not do that. And he's like, oh, but my son's a big Batman. And he's like, he just walked away. And, like, the security guard that he had, really, like, a bodyguard with him sort of, like, put his hand to this other guy. And I was like, wow, that's Batman? That guy? No, he's an asshole. So Joel Schumacher, if for St. Elmo's Fire, if for nothing else. A vote for Joel Schumacher. He did St. Elmo's Fire? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Wow. Still not changing your vote, but a vote. No, I'm not. And I'm, and I'm a huge Lost Boys fan. I'm a huge. And like, I didn't realize he did Falling Down as well. I'm a big fan of that movie, too. But I still yeah. like Adam West. God, that story pisses me off, though, man. Uh, a vote for uh, Schumacher. I don't like Adam West. Uh, I never really cared. He's one of those things where, and and, and he's he is a a symbol of old people saying what's wrong with Batman today is it should be more like Adam West. Uh, I'm, and it gets annoying, and it gets boring, and it gets old. Uh, he was great for his day. Um, I guess maybe maybe even into the early 80s, but once Dark Knight Returns hits, uh, Batman as a character completely changes, and that Adam West, for me, is completely unnecessary. Uh, I know he did contribute, but he's completely unnecessary. Uh, Schumacher does kill the franchise, and also he, he, he leads into, uh, without Schumacher killing the franchise, there might have been a fifth and a sixth movie that weren't the Christopher Nolan movies. And those Christopher Nolan movies are amazing, and he's not on the list. So uh, I'm going to vote for Schumacher in place of Christopher Nolan. So uh, my vote goes to Schumacher, but Adam West is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It is Batman Beyond Return of the Joker versus Batman Year One. Hmm. I'm going to go with Year One um, just because... um, I like Batman Beyond, and uh, you know, Return of the Joker was fun. But uh, while it was a fun, uh, you know, story, Batman Year One is again another one of those seminal uh, works, like we were talking about with Dark Knight earlier. Um, it's again, it's probably something that's just always in print. And again, I got to drop it, iconic. So I got to go with Year One. Uh, vote for year one, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I, I agree with Chuck. Batman year one is is iconic. It is, I think it is actually superior to The Dark Knight Returns in terms of, of, of being a, a great story. Um, 
you know, Bat, uh, the Dark Knight uh, may have kind of created this sort of grim and gritty Batman, but it was also still a very big, uh, broad uh, story. Uh, certainly Frank Miller's art has always had a bit of a cartoony aspect to it. And Dave Mazzucchelli just brought a very realistic, grounded version. And you, you would not have Christopher Nolan's Batman without Batman Year One. Uh, but I am going to vote for Return of the Joker for one uh, very specific uh, and very kind of personal moment that that just is, is something that will always stick with me. Um, when it was first released, uh, it was released as an edited version, and uh, and we all watched it and we're like, wow, that was really very dark and very powerful. And we understand why uh, this went to video instead of being shown on television because it really wasn't for kids. And we were just kind of like, well, my God, this was this was really pretty intense what could they possibly have cut out of it and uh shortly after the the original dvd came out um actually it was michael felcher bought a bootleg that had leaked of the original version that has uh has a uh, young tim drake uh shooting the joker in the chest and uh, and i remember i watched it and you know my jaw dropped when i watched that scene and then i showed it to damon and to another friend of ours pete trudgeon and uh, when that scene was coming up, I, I wasn't watching the movie. I was just watching them. And they, they had both seen the previous version, too. And as soon as that happens and he gets shot in the chest and he falls over and goes, that isn't funny. That's ugh. both of those jaws just drop. It's, it's just one of the most powerful moments I've ever seen in Batman. I think that that whole sequence, I mean, the, the thing in general is great, but the sequence with Batman versus the Joker in their final fight, you know, maybe some of the best Batman I've ever seen. Um and, uh, and it came from, you know, an animated series. And I, I love Batman Beyond. It, I don't think it gets the respect that it deserves. I think it is, is one of the best of the, uh, the DC animated, but it, it always seems to be kind of passed over in favor of the Batman animated series and the Justice League series. Um, so because of that, because of that one moment, even though year one is fantastic, uh, it's another one of those things that I, I have like four different versions of it. And if they put out an absolute, I'll buy that. If they make it digital, I'll buy that too. Um, one of the best Batman stories ever, but just personally, something in that Batman Beyond, I just, I just totally dig. A vote for Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Uh, Dave. Oh, I didn't, I did not, uh, I did not get to see that unedited version. That's pretty fabulous. But even without that, I thought that the Return of the Joker was an amazing, amazing movie because it was. You know, so much based in that, you know, good, solid storytelling, animated series, Batman Beyond, all the, you know, Paul Dini, Bruce Tim stuff it was just so solid. It was so extremely dark, like what they did to Tim Drake and what happened with the Joker for his rebirth and all that stuff. I thought it was amazing. Your one great book, and I agree. Also, it, I think it's a superior Frank Miller work to The Dark Knight Returns. Um, and it helps you really reestablish the beginnings of a hero that is, you know, always winning, whether it's through gadgets or smarts or what have you. But uh, I'm going to give it to uh, Return of the Joker as well because I think it was just, just such a such a risk, such a gamble for them to take at, at that at their, at their target audience. So, Return of the Joker. A uh, vote for Return of the Joker. You guys suck. Um, <clears throat> year one is probably you know what no it is my favorite frank miller work oh actually no it's right up there with um the the what is the, the daredevil story i'm born trying again to, born again like it's it's no not born again it's the uh, uh is it born again the one with the, dave mazakali drawing uh it, no it's the one with uh john Romita jr oh man without fear man without fear 
Uh, those are those are two really awesome stories. Some of my favorite Frank Miller stuff. Uh, Batman Year One is amazing. It, it, the they just animated it recently. Uh, so if you haven't read it, you can actually watch it. Uh, both are really good. Um, and everybody keeps talking about the moment where the Joker gets shot in the chest by by Tim Drake, but it, it, it's actually the moment that happens beforehand because the Joker learns all of Batman's secrets in that moment. He learns everything about him, and he says, it'd be funny if it wasn't so pathetic. Oh, what the hell, I'll laugh anyway. And And that whole sequence of him torturing Robin and then Joke uh, then Batman getting madder and madder and madder, and that he just beats the fucking shit out of him. He beats it. He he snaps. He loses it at that, at that point. He is going to kill the Joker, and the only reason he doesn't kill the Joker is because the Joker stabs him in the leg, which snaps him out of it. And and you know then Tim Drake shoots him in the chest, and then the end of the movie, it, it's actually almost reversed because you've got the Joker versus what some would call Spider-Man, but Batman Beyond Batman wasn't Spider-Man. He was Batman, and he was fighting the Joker in a different style. He's like, oh, Batman never talked to you. He never did these things. I'm going to do these things, and it's going to fuck with you. Uh, Return of the Joker is an amazing story. If you haven't seen it because you don't like Batman Beyond, go and get it. It's a great Joker story. It's a great Batman story. I love it to death. God, it sucks that it's up against year one. Why? Why? Um, I'm going to vote for Return of the Joker. I might be swayed. Uh, Chad? Yeah, um, I, I agree. Uh, Batman Beyond, people people overlook it, and it is a really, really fantastic show. Give it a chance. Like, I get it. You guys don't want to watch it because it isn't Bruce Wayne. Give it a fucking chance. That show is so good but you know what i've actually never seen return of the joker i think i'm the only person in the world who hasn't seen it and i think i have to hand in my geek card um year one is definitely uh, at least in my opinion i guess definitely better than is the superior work to dark knight returns uh, i love dave mezzichelli i have heard it said that the dc heroes are nothing more than their origins. Superman's origin is really all that matters. Batman's origin is what matters. The stories are bleh. Now, I don't agree with that, but but I understand the point it's trying to make. And year one retells his origin so perfectly, reinterprets it so perfectly. Year one is my favorite Batman story, period. It is hands down my favorite Batman story. So as much as I love uh, the idea of Batman Beyond, I've still never seen Return of the Joker, so it doesn't really make a difference. But Year One gets it. Year One's just phenomenal. Uh, vote for Year One, but you did not sway me. Batman no. Beyond, Return of the Joker is moving on. Uh, we are on. I, 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 of course you were going to go for that one. Uh, you know, yeah, it's actually a really difficult fight. but it, That's surprising, though. You actually... Yeah, you, you, you have to watch that movie. Seriously, it's a I great know, Batman tale. Yeah, it's a great Batman No one tale. here will respect me until I watch it. Oh, I we, uh, no, we won't, we won't respect <laughs> well, you. We never, we never actually have. I never respect you, but I'm just saying. But know. we are on to our next fight. Yeah, and, and Dave, you got to watch the unedited one. Yes. There's okay. actually a All lot right. of little things that... There's uh, a that lot of little fucked up things that happen in that. Man, is it... After you watch it, you go, what in the world made them think this was appropriate for children <laughs> in the first place? <laughs> did, did they sell that? Like, I think I go on Amazon or whatever? Oh, yeah. That's the version. Oh, yeah. yeah, they released 
now, right? I mean, yeah, that's the version right, you buy cool. now. Because in the unedited version, I think version, you can find both, still, can't you? I don't know. I know the unedited version. I think the there might be a Blu-ray that has both. I don't know. Oh. I could be wrong. I could just be anyway. thinking. Uh, I'll, I'll keep my eye out. Next for Mr. Ortiz, this one is yours. It is Mask of the Phantasm versus One Woman Has a Crush on Him. Uh, this one's actually pretty easy for me. Uh, much easier than the last one. It's, it's Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, I I guess I kind of bought the Wonder Woman thing. Uh, you know, they, they, they've had that. They've toyed around with it in the Justice League, and I think they hinted at it a little bit uh, in, in the cartoon. Um, but Mask of the Phantasm, again, you know, the animated stuff is just absolutely outstanding. I remember when I walked out of this movie, this came out the same year as Batman Returns, I believe. I could be wrong. Pretty close. Um, 92, 93, yeah. yeah. I remember uh, coming out of this movie going, why why can't they make the live action movies this good because uh it really up until the nolan movies it was the best theatrically released batman movie ever so mask of the phantasm uh vote for mask of the phantasm mr gill no i i disagree i did not mask of the phantasm like i have it on five of the video i think at this point but it was a cool movie but it was it was uh was it based on like batman year two or whatever that crap was, and it was like KG Beast. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't remember it, remember it being that that exciting. And uh, wait, what are we going up again? Wonder Woman has thoughts for him. Yeah, I actually think that's fabulous because here's this this woman that's not even a woman that is like basically a goddess, this mythological creature. I don't know, it's like Aphrodite digging you, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty phenomenal that this guy becomes, you know, such an amazing person, such such uh, a representation of what a human man can be, that he just this god is digging him and they and they did it and they keep calm a little bit and they did it here and there. They did it on the, the Justice League animated show really nicely. Uh and I and I really enjoyed that. And I, I just think that's that says something to this crazy motherfucker that, you know, he's got like the coolest warrior and princess on the planet that's kind of hot for him. Uh, but the phantasm is, yeah, it's good as a story, but I, I just never thought it was, was everything that it, that all the reviews gave it. So I'm going to go for Wonder Woman having a crush on him. Uh, vote for Wonder Woman having a crush on him. Um, yeah, Batman has pussy power. You know, it's plain and simple. He's got big cars, he's got lots of money. What woman wouldn't love him? Um, but... Hey, yeah, wow. I know. I know that was extremely dismissive. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You just lost all seven of your female listeners. Seven? There's like 40, 50? Something like that. That'd be more. Uh, oh, believe me. If, if if they've listened to half the shit we've said over the last two years, they were not going to back They're not going away. But um, right. Mask of the Phantasm was the. Uh, for and, until when, when did, uh, when did uh, Batman Begins come out? 2004? Is that when it came out? Somewhere Recently. around there. Uh, it, it, from the, for a almost ten year period, it was the best theatrically released Batman movie. Everybody's like, "Oh well, it wasn't theatrical release. No, it's the only animated to get theatrically released. It, it you know it came out December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. Uh, the only my only knock on that that whole entire movie is the fact that Harley Quinn isn't in it because they didn't know Harley Quinn would exist. They they actually started production on that at the exact same time as the animated series. Uh, so they didn't have all the pieces in place. And 
the art in that is amazing. Um, the performance by Mark Hamill is amazing. The, you know, I like it. I like it a lot, and I really don't care that Wonder Woman has has a, a crush on him. As a matter of fact, that actually is slightly degrading to Wonder Woman because why would she want that fucked up of a guy? She's a she's a goddess. He's fucked up, and everybody knows it. Uh, I'm going for Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, Chad, uh, I saw Mask of the Phantasm when it was released. Um, I remember liking it, but not being overly impressed with it. Um, the idea to me that Wonder Woman has the hots for Batman, I think is really creative. I think it's really interesting. Maybe it's not super creative, but I, I look at a lot of modern comics as basically just being fan fiction anyway. It's just you're rewriting the stuff you loved when you were a kid. You're rewriting the Super Friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The twist that Wonder Woman, everybody always puts Wonder Woman with Superman. The twist that she is this fucking badass motherfucker warrior and she falls for batman because he's also a badass motherfucker warrior is kind of it kind of goes along those lines that mike was complaining about how the utility belt does everything and batman can get out of every situation it's he's just that bad he's just that awesome that wonder woman uh falls for him and i was about to vote for that but damon just pointed out the fact that why would somebody like wonder woman fall for someone as fucked up and crazy as Batman. So that kind of sways me back over to Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you can't help who you fall in love with. And, you know, it's not about necessarily even about falling in love. It's just about the fact that Wonder Woman wants to fuck him, you know? And I mean, Jesus Christ. I thought she was a know? lesbian. I want to fuck Batman. Well, I thought that too, but it's uh, it was actually Alan Scott. So, uh, eh, you know, I really don't care on this one. I'm going to go Wonder Woman just cause uh, vote for one woman having the hots it is all tied up it comes down to you Chuck which one takes the win I think I voted. Um, yeah I mean I think the idea you know, of uh, Wonder Woman having the hots for Batman is uh, cool it's interesting um, but again it's not quite doesn't have the same dynamic as like Batman and Catwoman like I was talking about earlier uh, I'm going to go with Mask of the Phantasm. I actually didn't know, uh, Damon, that they started making it at the same time as they started work on the animated series, but I remember really loving Mask of the Phantasm just because uh, when Warner Brothers launched a WB network, they had a lot of great animated shows come out, you know, like uh, um, Animaniacs, uh, Freakazoid, and all these other animated shows, and Batman the Animated Series, I believe, was one of them. Uh, I'm not sure if it launched with the network, but it was around the same time. And me and my brother at the time just really loved it. And then when the movie was coming out, we were psyched about it. It was well written, well done. Had kind of like that cool kind of like 1930s Art Deco-ish kind of uh, Batman uh, animation and look and aesthetic that I still really love to this day. Uh, so, yeah, I got to go with Mask of the Phantasm. And Mask of the Phantasm takes the win. We are on to our next fight. Mr. Gill, this one is yours. It is Bat Shark Repellent versus Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> oh, that sucks because I've always liked Commissioner Gordon as a uh, as a great character. And uh, when Gary Oldman, you know, did, did his, his outrageously outstanding performance in the uh, Christopher Nolan films, uh, makes me, me love the character even more. But... Uh, again, you and I with the bat shark repellent. Uh, that was just one of the things that 
in, in Batman the movie they, and the Adam West thing was just absolutely ridiculously hilarious that they're, for whatever reason, I don't even remember at this point, Batman and Robin are stuck out on a, a buoy floating in the middle of the ocean or Gotham Harbor or what have you, and this shark comes up and he's like chopping on Batman's foot and he's like trying to kick him off and he just reaches down to his belt and he grabs the incredibly well-labeled that shark repellent and just, it's like pepper spray or something for sharks. And he just sprays it on the shark and the shark goes away. And it's just one of the, the greatest, stupid, campy bat things you could ever do. So I've got to give, give it to a uh, bat shark repellent. Oh, vote for bat shark repellent. It's commissioner fucking Gordon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Commissioner Gordon is iconic. Uh, with, uh, Commissioner Gordon is our way into Batman. It is one of the many ways into Batman. He's actually our way in Are as adults. Are we back to the homoerotic subtext again? No, no, there's no subtext. There's no homoerotic subtext. It's not a pipe he's smoking. <laughs> no, but he, he as an adult, <laughs> is another way to tell stories about Batman, whereas Robin is that way for kids to enjoy Batman. <laughs> Batman explains things to Robin as a child, and, and children are able to understand it. Well, he does the same thing with Commissioner Gordon, so adults can understand what's going on. Uh, Commissioner Gordon is is a key piece of the Batman puzzle. Uh, so, I've got to go with Commissioner Gordon, and uh, I think Bat Shark Repellent is actually the perfect example of what Mike was talking about earlier, which is uh, Batman always has whatever he needs, whenever he needs it. So, I'm going to go with uh, Commissioner Gordon. Chad? Yeah, I I just I keep thinking of how funny it is that that whole cycle of the old Batman show where you love it as a kid, you as a teenager you're so serious or a young adult will say you're so serious that you don't realize it's a comedy or if you do realize it's a comedy you hate it because of it. Uh, that whole that whole cycle just cracks me up. I love it. Um you come back around and yeah, Bat Shark Repellent is just the it's it's the pinnacle of the the cheesy stupid of Batman, and it's the ultimate representation of that show. But fucking Commissioner Gordon, motherfuckers. Commissioner Gordon! Commissioner Gordon. Iconic. Uh, another vote for Commissioner uh, Gordon. Another shot. Uh, iconic, iconic. Uh, Chuck? <laughs> um, yeah, I really like Commissioner Gordon a lot, but uh, one time I saw this guy walk up to him with his son, and uh, he asked for his autograph, and uh, he was just kind of a huge jerk to him. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm being a dick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going for back shot repellent for all the reasons uh, that Chad mentioned earlier, uh, except um, I'm going for it. I, I'm embracing the camp. I think it's hilarious. And Commissioner Gordon's great. But, I mean, uh, you know, there's some cool interchanges with him and stuff. But, uh, you know, back Charlotte repellent is just, just the idea of it is just so absurd. You could just be driving down the road and it could randomly pop into your head and you'll start laughing. And for that reason alone, I'm voting for it. Uh, vote for bat shark repellent. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mr. Ortiz. Which one takes the win? Uh, I have a question for you guys. Is Commissioner Gordon a shark? Whoa. Uh, no. So uh, then I guess he wins. Plus, you think I'm going to vote for something called shark repellent? Yeah. Uh, obviously you never know. Not. 
Well, well, if it was called like Nazi shark repellent, I would assume you would vote for it. Well, no, see, because Mike Ortiz is the shark on this show. Yo, um, I, dude, I'm sure that uh, Batman has Commissioner Gordon repellent somewhere in that utility belt. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's the other way around. Uh, but Commissioner yeah. Gordon is moving on, and we are on to our oh, next shit, fight. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, it is Batman the Animated Series. Yes, the Animated Series versus Jim Lee. Um, Jim Lee drew what, like 10, 20 issues of Batman, maybe like a few covers. I, I honestly don't know how Jim Lee made the list. I, I'm, I'm going to be a complete dick here. Uh, Jim Lee does not deserve to be on the list for Batman. For other things, definitely. But for Batman, I, when I think of iconic Batman, I don't think Jim Lee at all. <clears throat> ever period uh but when i think iconic batman i definitely think batman the animated series as a matter of fact that's batman to me uh every now and again a batman story will come out and i like it but i don't like batman and i don't mean i don't like the the overall bat universe i don't like bruce wayne and batman i like dick grayson and robin i like everybody else i like the whole cavalcade of characters that's there but on the animated series I like Batman. I like that Batman a lot. Uh, that's going to be my Batman until I'm 100 years old. Uh, I, I'll go Brian Townsend. That, that, that's, that's my Batman. Um, I can't vote against the, the, one of the, the, the biggest things into introducing me into geekdom in my entire life, which is 100 and some episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, I've got to go with Batman the Animated Series. Um, Chad? Yeah, I can't really say much more than what you've just said. Um, Jim Lee, yeah, Jim Lee, that's great. Um, I don't want to get too into. I mean, I think he's awesome. I don't want to bash him too much, uh, but I could um, a little. But yeah, it is kind of weird that Jim Lee made this list to me, at least. Um, but I'm sure he's a great guy, and I wish him the best. But I'm gonna vote for Batman the Animated Series. Just come on, dude. That yeah, that's fucking Batman. Batman. Uh, vote for <laughs> Batman the animated series. Um, Chuck. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I pretty much agree with you, folks. I mean, I, Jim Lee, I think, was involved with like uh, the Hush uh, run of Batman, which was a pretty solid awesome. uh, a story arc, really great. But again, uh, then then on the flip side, you also have. Uh, um, that train wreck of a comic series with um, Frank Miller that came out recently, uh, you know, the goddamn Batman. Um, and Batman. What's that? The all-time Batman. Yeah, I yeah. think we should refer to it as the goddamn Batman. Yeah. Okay, that's goddamn all-star. That goddamn Batman. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think it was Damon who uh, said it. I think he hit the nail on the head when he said... Uh, the bat art he did involving Batman, you're not like you don't. It doesn't you know strike you as again the keyword iconic. You don't think of it immediately. You don't think of Jim Lee. Well, that uh, one so, shot of him on the rooftop is pretty famous. I mean, that is a pretty true. I don't know if it's iconic, or if it's just that DC pushes the shit out of it. But you seriously iconic it. again? Yeah. Oh, did I? I know I didn't say iconic, but I will say iconic if you want me to say iconic. Well, you, I'm interrupting. No, it's not my turn. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Batman Animated Series. Definitely one of the best things ever made relating to Batman. Um, 
all the characters, all the villains, uh, even as Damon was mentioning, I, I mean, I always love Batman pretty much in most situations, but I feel like all of the versions of each character, of every villain, you know, the Joker, Poison Ivy, etc., are all executed almost perfectly. Like, they're all exactly how you would want them to be. Uh, I, know, don't, I never have any really complaints when I'm watching any episode of that show where, like, hey, that was kind of stupid how they had, you know, like... Uh, um, the toy, you know, whatever villain, uh, this one, like Raza Ghoul or, or whoever, they, it's always done perfectly. It's done great. I've never watched it to a point where I'm like, oh man, I really hated this aspect of the episode. It was just done so respectfully, so great. Uh, voice acting, animation, it just kind of uh, just hits it in every possible category. So, animated series. Another vote for the animated series, Mr. Ortiz. Um, I, I love Batman the Animated Series, um, and you know obviously uh, it, it is it is moving on, and, and I, I won't say that it shouldn't. But I, I'm going to vote for Jim Lee. I think Jim Lee uh, does deserve uh, to be on this list. I mean, while while there may be other Batman artists that I would have put on here before him, uh, certainly Frank Miller, um, but you know he he did Hush, and Hush was really kind of the definitive modern Batman story. Uh, it really reinvigorated the character, uh, energized the character, and and I think redefined it for the Batman that we have in the comics today. And certainly, Jim Lee is is as much as anybody responsible for uh, the the current uh, Batman, the uh, the new Fifty Two Batman. Um, I, I loved Hush. I bought it in issues. I bought the Absolute, and I even bought the uh, the book where they collected uh, all of his original pencils and and reprinted those. Um, and as far as Batman the Animated Series goes, uh, Batman the Animated Series was was the original show, um, and then and and they then it changed into what the Superman Batman thing or the New Adventures or I don't remember what the title was. And I always preferred that version of it to the one that that came out originally. Uh, when it first came out, I absolutely loved it, and then when the DVD set came out, uh, I I adored it, or I. I, I rushed out to buy it and immediately started watching them and actually found myself kind of let down. The show was not nearly as, as strong as I remembered it. Um, and actually that's the main reason why, uh, I was not a part of the into the Batcave uh, series because, uh, you know, originally Damon and I recorded the commentary on the first two episodes uh, as part of geek fights. And then, uh, Damon and Brian actually continued after that. And I continued it cause I told Damon flat out, I have absolutely no interest in rewatching every episode of this show because it just doesn't, it just didn't really grab me the way that it did back then. I mean, I have all the DVDs. I've, I, I watched them, but then after I, I actually didn't even finish that first DVD set, I just sort of jumped ahead until they switched over to the new style because I always preferred that. So, uh, I'm going to give some love to Neil Adams. Well, I think Batman, the animated series does deserve it. Uh, and it, it certainly is iconic and, and probably responsible for bringing more people into Batman than, than anything else in recent history. Um, I think Jim Lee does deserve uh, some attention uh, and some appreciation. And uh, because Batman the Animated isn't really my favorite, even though I understand how popular it is, I'll, I'll vote for Jim Lee. A vote for Jim Lee and Mr. Gill. Uh, you know, I, I'm with Mike a little bit. I think Jim Lee does deserve to be on here. I mean, that guy could drop my fecal matter and it would look awesome. But, uh, the, the animated series is, you know, again, just, just, just a fabulous. It's probably one of my favorite animated series of all time. Um, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. 
And yeah, it's it's super cool. And it, and I I agree with Mike though. That rewatching it now, like on DVD, it, it's inconsistent. It's it's a, it's a whole slew of things that are problematic with it. It eventually became you know when they, whenever they had better story editors or whatnot, uh, you know, became the Justice League, which I think is a great, 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 great show. Um, yeah, but without it, you would never have had the Superman animated series. You never would have had the Justice League. So it, it's more important. In the grand mythos of things, this animated series, then Jim Lee's, uh, you know, several issues here and there uh, of drawing a spectacular looking Batman. So I'm going to give it to the animated series as well. And the animated series is moving on, and we're at our last fight of the very long first round. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't really have short first rounds anymore. No, no, we don't. Uh, Chad, we have short round? Yeah, I love short round. Uh, I want to make my mouth. <laughs> Uh, Chad, this fight is yours. It is Cesar Romero's refusal to shave his mustache as the Joker versus Karen's pick. Uh, another iconic thing that didn't make the list: Batman's daddy, Alfred. Yeah, Cesar Romero refused to shave his mustache. <laughs> I mean, like that—that's so fucking awesome. Like when every time you watch the Joker, you can see his mustache under his makeup and that's like it uh i don't remember who it was i think it was chuck earlier said that every time he thinks of he can be driving down the street he can think of batman uh bat shark repellent and it makes him chuckle yeah i mean i disagree it doesn't make me chuckle whatever we each have our own different uh sense of humor when i think of caesar romero's fucking mustache under that grease paint it like it doesn't even just make me chuckle like like, it makes me, like, double over and guffaw. I think it's awesome. I love the idea that he was such an asshole, he wouldn't shave his mustache. Or maybe he, maybe he was in his, uh, whatever. And it turned out to just work within the context of the show. And it was a really good joke within the show. And I like Cesar Romero's Joker. Um, but yeah, dude, that mustache. And what was the way? Alfred's, Alfred is Batman's daddy? Yeah, that's No, 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 no. Alfred. The character Alfred. Yeah, like as a daddy, as a surrogate father, or the actual fact that he was his daddy in one of the storylines or something? No, no, just Alfred. Yeah, Damon was oh, just, just Alfred. Batman's daddy. Oh, I Alfred. Because wasn't there a story where they said, no, that was one where his parents were all into fucked up shit. Um, yeah, Alfred's awesome. I mean, Alfred's uh, iconic, and he's a huge integral part of this Bat mythos. And Alfred probably should win, but I'm still voting for Cesar Romero's mustache. It's my favorite thing about Batman. Uh, vote Period. for Caesar <laughs> Romero's Batman. <laughs> mustache. Uh, Chuck. No, no, the refusal to shave it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess uh, building on what Chad was just saying earlier is, uh, yeah, the, the Adam West Batman show was just kind of like one of these weird shows. Like, how the fuck did this thing ever even get made? It's just so absurd. It's funny to think about. I mean... It's just like you have like the Simpsons that can sum things up very quickly, and it's like when they're making the radio Radioactive Man movie, and they go, so long as it's nothing like campy, campy 70s Radioactive Man, and they cut to kind of like a parody of um, the Adam West Batman, which uh, they, they just kind of get it to a T. It's hilarious. It's amusing. Um, yeah, I, I kind of get a kick out of the fact that it even exists. Or that uh, you can have the whole entire UN dehydrated in, into small uh, pellets. Uh, but um, that being said, I'm still going to vote for Alfred just because Alfred is awesome. You know, Alfred. If it wasn't for Alfred, is one of the main reasons Batman can be Batman. He's covering for him, 
you know, he's uh, you know making excuses. He's helping him out. After some crazy shit happens, he shows up. Alfred knows exactly what to do to make Bat- uh, Batman slash Bruce Wayne feel better. Um, uh, in some cases, he's not important or out in the background, but uh, he's one of those staple characters that I've enjoyed and can surprise you sometimes in stories. So I'm going with Alfred. Mr. Ortiz. Uh, this this actually is, is kind of tough, um, but I think I'm going to go with Alfred. Um, you know, for the reason stated, he is, he is iconic. Uh, uh, I absolutely adore, um, Michael Caine's performance as Alfred. I mean, I've had issues with the, the character, uh, to some extent in the past and in some small ways, he almost is a little bit like the utility belt where he certainly seems to have, uh, every skill Batman needs. He can sew up a wound, he can fix a costume, he can clean, he can do that. And, and Wayne Manor is pretty fucking big. You know, how does he have time to like fix batmobiles and stuff and actually keep it sort of clean. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean this, this certainly the, this, this whole first round has, has gone the way of what, what really is kind of important to Batman and, and Alfred is, is an essential part of that. Uh, and also I have a strange confession to make here and maybe it's because my, the, the TV that I, I watched the the Batman show on originally and then keep in mind I, I was I was watching the show certainly not when it was, was airing but when it was was in reruns uh really in the 70s um maybe I was watching a shitty tv but I actually had no idea that uh that he was he said he had a mustache I couldn't tell uh until much later and probably after someone pointed it out to me so uh the mustache the story is great paint, Mike what he covered it with paint or whatever, but I, I mean, I could not, I, I couldn't see it. Uh, it, it, uh, maybe, maybe it's cause I, I just knew what the Joker looked like. So because that really wasn't a part of, of the show for oh, me I for thought a long you were time. talking about Alfred. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I'm going to vote for Alfred. A vote for Alfred, Mr. Gill. Uh, I agree with Mike. Uh, again, it might have been the TV that I was watching. I was like, it's 12 inch black and white most of my, my early life. But I had no idea. It wasn't until later on that I realized that I just put the Joker makeup over his mustache and that would have made this list. I just started cracking up because I was like, okay, I'm not the only one that realized that at some point along the way. Um, but I've always liked the character of Alfred. I've always liked that there's this sort of a grandfather figure more than a father figure that could, you know, he, oh, I used to work in the Shakespeare theater, the Globe, and I could do your disguise makeup, and I also was in the, the SAS as a medical officer, whatever the hell, you know, his story is, and I am hot for Leslie Tompkins, your doctor friend. Uh, you know, he just, like the utility belt, he just keeps coming back with more and more skills, but, you know, you, you know some old folk like this, you know, and everybody has all the skills that they've developed over their entire lives, and he just happens to have this, this particularly great skill set that not only can he you know, Dustin Swiffer, the entirety of Wayne Manor in a day and make it look spectacular for parties, galas, and other visitors. But, you know, he can also help fight crime in his own way without necessarily having to, uh, you know, bruise his knuckles. So I, I got to give it give it up to, to Alfred. Uh, vote for Alfred. And um, I'm surprised. It's the whole entire first round, almost two hours long. Dear Lord. Um, we didn't mention... Batman Triple X at all. We talked about how great the uh, the Adam West series was without mentioning Batman Triple X. And most, I'm assuming most of us haven't actually watched it. I, I did watch it. It is disturbing. 
and amazing because they get every performance right. They get everything right. And then they fuck. And then that, that's the weird part because everybody does a really good job of being Adam West, Burt Bert Ward, all the characters. Right down to Randy Spears as the Joker. He has a mustache and he covers it with grease paint. It's an amazing little homage to that original, uh, to the original thing. And it's probably the best porn parody of all time, other than the fact it's creepy watching like the Riddler fuck people. Um, but it's Alfred. So I've got to vote for Alfred. The mustache thing is cool. Uh, I did notice it as a kid. Uh, I just never cared. But Alfred is moving on. And uh, we'll be back, maybe, right after this. Oh, I got a live one here. I 
gonna try to love each other. Stop the press. Who is that? Kiki Vale. She is great, isn't she? And set your course for BayouCon, June 30th through July 1st in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Hello everyone, I'm Justin Tony, director of BayouCon, and I want to invite all of you to our fourth annual event this month. BayouCon is going all Klingon for the Klingon Summit with Star Trek's J.G. Hertzler and Robert O'Reilly. And the best part is they'll appear in full Klingon costumes. This fun-filled weekend will offer Klingon-themed panels, as well as the best in video and tabletop gaming, merchants, concerts, and lots more. Get your tickets now at www.bayoucon.net and set course for Lake Charles, Louisiana for the Klingon Summit at Bayoucon, June 30th through July 1st. For the latest information about Bayoucon, visit us online at www.bayoucon.net.
This is Scott Tuft of Severed, and you're listening to Geek Fights. Later tonight, I will be fighting a salesman with very sharp teeth. And we're back doing what we do every single week. Uh, coming at you with a little bit of Jarrett Formby trademark geek cred. And uh, let's see, who are we going to start with? I think we will start with uh, the Chuckmeister, the person who hopped on the show in place of Jabo. Right. Jabo, Jabo, Jabo. Um, all right. Well, my geek cred is uh, pretty much uh, I'm the kind of guy that likes everything. I like uh, lots of stuff. I really like comic books. Um was an avid collector for a while, but I unplugged myself from the Matrix a few years ago because it became too costly and took up too much space, and I got over the top with having to own too much crap. Uh, but I still love comics and all the characters. Um, big sci-fi fan, and, uh, you know, R.I.P. Ray Bradbury, by the way, although by the time you hear this, it'll be old news. Um, but, uh, yeah, big sci-fi fan, you know, big fan of all weird kinds of avant-garde music to rock and roll you name it you know i like it you know horse racing sports uh uh if it's interesting and has a lot of detailed bullshit involved with it i like it that's some of my geek grit thank you very much chuck no problem mr dave gill i uh well i recently moved and um we built a library, and within that library, I have two eight-foot bookshelves, one six-foot bookshelf, and two five-foot bookshelves that are all completely full with uh, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, and we have a guest room in our new house, and the color scheme that my wife and I chose was uh, purple, green, pale blue, and white, so we call it the Joker Suite, uh, and, and we have little built-in shelves up there that we have a bunch of uh, random Joker action figures as dispensers paraphernalia on. Um, beyond that, I just, I just love what I love and I always have, and I'm happy to be, uh, in an era where we can, we can say it proudly and loudly that we are geeks and we, we fight the geek fight. That was drunkenly random. Uh, don't forget about your Dude. son. I already said that earlier on the show, so I don't want to reiterate that I named my son after, you know, I didn't want to, re- I didn't want to be redundant. Oh no, be redundant because, you know, we talk over each other sometimes. And I named my son after Dick Grayson, but not Dick. That's Grayson. <laughs> but not Dick. Okay. Thank you. Very, thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Dudowski. Uh, my geek cred is actually appropriate for this episode. Um, my four-year-old daughter loves superheroes. I can't imagine why. Um, she watches Young Justice. She loves Tiny Titans. And we, uh, she's got a little cape that she likes to wear and run around and wear this cape and just go to the mall and shit like that. Um, my wife is buckling into her buckling Darby into her car seat, and she says, you know, well, you're a superhero. What are your powers? Darby says, I don't have any. And my wife, Christine, says, well, if you're a superhero, you have to have powers. And Darby rolls her eyes and says, Mom, Batman doesn't have any powers. <laughs> so, Wait, how old is she? Because we can, we can work on the dowry right now. She's four. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm going to see you in, in, in 15 years. All right. You give me like a cow and like, you know, a pot of like, stew. You'll be trading cows. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, like yeah, we're trading gasoline. And- anyway, <laughs> let's, let's your daughter and your Miracle Man book three trade paperback. Your son and your Miracle Man 
Uh, trade paperback. We're just oh. going to move on past the weird arranged marriage that just <laughs> happened, and we're going to go jump back into the fights. Uh, Chuck, this one is yours. It is homoerotic subtext versus Kevin Conroy. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I can go kind of wacky with the homoerotic subtext, uh, but there's enough stuff here, to be honest, from the original or rather the Adam West Batman stuff that we can still kind of tie into that, I guess. Uh, I'll go with Kevin Conroy just because I, um, you know, based on my glowing review of animated series earlier, and even though I did vote against him before, uh, I'm going to, I want him to move on. I'm going for Conroy. Uh, Vote for Kevin Conroy. Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I am going to vote for the homoerotic subtext. Um, and uh, and and not you know entirely just for for jokey reasons. Um, I mean, we we joke about it now, and certainly I don't think the original creators had that in mind. But I think it is there, and it is sort, or at least some some have actually played on. I mean, the I don't think there was the context in certainly the Schumacher movies and even the uh, the uh, um, original Adam West series. But uh, you know, the homoerotic subtext has been there for a very very long time. It actually hurt comics. Because worth the try to use it against uh, comics back in the fifties, um, and you know Conroy's great. I love him, and and a lot of animated series stuff is moving on. But uh, I think in ten Sorry. years, in twenty years, people won't remember Kevin Conroy. Even a lot of geeks now may not. I mean, it, it hit all of us at the right time. But you know, let's face it. Look, look at Chad's daughter. There's a generation for whom uh, the Brave and the Bold or the Batman or the upcoming Batman will be a definitive Batman. And ours will be a, the cartoon for old people. Um, but the homoerotic subtext is always going to be there. So gay Batman. Uh, vote for gay Batman. Dave. You know, I honestly never really recognized the homoerotic subtext. I, I didn't. I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Robin because I wanted to be partners with Batman. I didn't, Find it in any way erotic. I find it, you know, adventurous. And because you're trying to stop him doing. Well, maybe, maybe, but you I know, mean, I'm pretty gay for a statement. Let's be fair. Uh, I, I was actually about to say me. that, Dave. That's not helping the homoerotic subtext that you identified with. No, but I'm saying like I, I never really caught that. I mean, I, I appreciated when they gave him long pants in the comics later on because you know, the poor guy was cold. But uh, yeah, I never, I never really got it. So. Um, what the hell is the thing it's up against? Kevin, Kevin Conroy. Yeah, right. There's this awesome voice actor that, again, like with many of us said earlier, that you know that's the voice we hear in our head and we read it or what you know. So Kevin Conroy, I mean, he really, he really gave Batman a personality and and a voice that was both grim and compassionate. That I think it needed. I think the homoerotic sub, especially these days, the homoerotic subtext is sort of. You know, Even Fox News thought Batman was gay. Fox News, you know. Whatever. Anyway, anyway, uh, a vote for Kevin Conroy. Uh, Mike, you would be absolutely right if the last thing Kevin Conroy did was one of the animated series movies, which you know recently came out, or you know Justice Leagues, or one of the, one of the animated things that just recently came out. But Kevin Conroy plays Batman in two of the biggest video games of all time: uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Those are huge games which have influenced children to that is their Batman as well. Also, it's not homoerotic subtext. Oddly enough, 
it, it's more pedophilia than homoerotic subtext. That's one of those things that homosexuals get very upset about because he wants to be with a little boy, not another man. Granted, after after a while, they do age them, and he is a young man with an older man. It's not as bad, but originally, that stuff was not homoerotic at all. It was a man with a boy. That, that, that's Nambla-type stuff there, and uh, it's actually slightly insulting to call it homoerotic subtext, at least the original that's, stuff. I know it comes that's later. That's because you know, Dana and I shared a bed at Comic-Con in Chicago. Yeah. And, and the age difference was probably Which one was Batman and which one Batman was Robin? Batman and Robin. No, no. The age difference between Batman and Robin when they first came out was much larger. I think there's like a 10 to 15 year difference. We're only four or five years apart. But, uh, you're more like the difference between uh, Batman and Dick Grayson now. Right. Because Dick Grayson aged and Batman didn't. Right. Dick Grayson aged and Batman didn't. But uh, that's that's why I'm voting against homoerotic subtext and for Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Homophobes. No. No. Because we're closet pedophiles. That's that's what that is. Um, oh, no, you're not. I know. You have small children. Um, hey, speak for yourself, huh? <laughs> wait, what? I don't know which way you went, but I'm going Kevin Conroy. Uh, See, it's back to the homoerotic subtext, man. It's even infected our show. Uh, Chad. Uh, Damon, Damon, Damon. The, I, uh, the flip side of the coin is this. Yes, Wortham liked to say that Batman... I think it was worth my, a lot of people like to say that Batman was a pedophile. The flip side is children identified with Robin. That was the point of Robin's existence was for kids to oh, identify I, with I him. Know. I... So no, no, no. If you are a young gay boy or I presume even girls too, but I don't know if girls are reading comics at that point. You wanted to be Robin because you loved Batman. It isn't about Batman wanting to fuck Robin. It's about Robin wanting to fuck Batman. It's about having that. I won't get into it any further. But anyway, um, the point is there is a flip side to that argument you make. And not to dispute your argument, you do have a good point. The whole pedophilia thing is really creepy and weird. But the flip side of it is uh, there's a whole another group of kids that Robin appealed to or that could identify with Robin. Um, well, it's the same group of kids. Anyway, uh, the point is, I, I agree with what Mike said. Um, Kevin Conroy is, he's iconic for our age group, and he's iconic for a lot of age groups. It doesn't make Batman gay to have the homoerotic subtext, but it's always there. And more than any other superhero, it is always there with Batman. And it isn't simply Batman and Robin. It's the fetish costume. Batman and the it's, Joker. It's Batman and the Joker. It is the fact that the Joker is a flamboyant man wearing makeup, and he's everything Batman can't be because Batman's in the closet. Uh, that being said, it doesn't have to be there. If you don't want it to be there, don't worry, guys. You're not gay. But, yeah, I got to go homoerotic subtext on that. It's just too prevalent in Batman. Thank oh. you, Grant Morrison, for bringing it up. Oh, <laughs> not gay. That was a, that was a relief. Homoerotic no, you're not. Just because Batman is does not make you gay. But uh, <laughs> Kevin Conroy is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It's the Batcave versus Dark Knight Returns. Wow, a really, really tough fight for me. Um, and everything that I said about the Dark Knight still stands, but the Batcave 
is just fucking awesome. I mean, that's my geek logic. It's just fucking awesome. It is. I, I'm a Superman fan. I'm not a big Batman fan, but I want a Batcave, not a Fortress of Solitude. You know that that's it's it's great in the movies. It was awesome in in the animated series and the Adam West series. I don't. I mean, I can't think of there being a bad Batcave. Um, and also, since homoerotic subtext went out in the first round, uh, I'm going to pretend that Batcave is actually Batman's anus. And there's a lot of dick in that cave. <laughs> a lot of dick in that cave. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and vote for it here so that uh, both the Batcave and homoerotic subtext can move on. Mr. Gale. Uh, it's just pretty tough. I, I, my, one of my favorite toys that I had when I was a kid was the uh, Pocket Heroes uh, version of the Batcave, which I think was loosely based on the Adam West. It was like this, this cheap, incredibly thin plastic can, sort of carved like rock, uh, semicircle uh, with a platform, and there was like a computer that you could put in, but there was a little door that would open uh, for the Batmobile to to leave, and there was a little prison cell, and, and believe it or not, a drinking straw for the bat pole. So it was definitely based on the Adam West series. That was, hands down, one of my favorite toys all time. I have no idea where it went through all my many moves uh, in my childhood. Um, but just, just because of the fun that I had with that toy, I, I think I'm going to give the, the bat cave the vote this time. Another vote for the bat cave? Um, wow. The Dark Knight Returns, you know, barely squeaks out of the first round. I'm I'm almost disappointed that I changed my vote there. I should have kept it Catwoman. Um I I like the I like the Batcave. The Batcave is the man cave. Um I I want a Batcave. I, I but I want his Batcave. I want I want uh, the the millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars that he has. Or actually billions. Actually probably trillions by this point to to build uh, the state-of-the-art place that has a TV, I can park my car, uh, I can have women over uh, only to have them forget or be killed later on. Uh, yeah, I want a Batcave. Uh, I, I'm going to vote for the Batcave. Chad? I like the fact that you said you don't just want the Batcave, you want his Batcave with the emphasis on his. Uh, there's a bat pole in the Batcave, so in a way, the homoerotic subtext still wins. No, Dark Knight Returns, I mean, yeah, holy shit, it's awesome, but there's a big, huge, fucking enormous penny in the Batcave. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a Superman guy too, man, but yeah, the Batcave is the Batcave, and you don't really have to go any farther than Damon's argument. The whole reason the whole man cave thing exists is because of the Batcave. So yeah, Batcave. Another vote for the Batcave. Uh, Chuck, is it a clean sweep? It's a sweep. <laughs> and the Batcave is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Dave, this one is yours. It is Gotham by Gaslight versus the Joker. Oh, that's unfortunate. Because once again, I can just reiterate that I love the Gotham by Gaslight story, and I love that it was Michael uh, Neal art, and I love that it set up all these great Elseworlds tales. Yeah, I'm a little drunk now. Uh, but you, you cannot beat the Joker for character, style, ridiculousness, and, you know, frankly, humor if you have the right writer. Um, so I'm totally giving it up. I have a room upstairs that we call the Joker Suite. I'm giving it up to the Joker. Uh, vote for the Joker. I will also vote for the Joker. Uh, Chad. I will also vote for the Joker. Chuck. 
Um, yeah, I gotta go for Joker. I mean, there's no contest here, really. Mr. Ortiz, is it a clean sweep? You know, I was gonna vote for Gotham by Gaslight, uh, and, and not even just out of spite, it's actually out of a very practical reason that the Joker uh, is a juggernaut on geek fights, and, and I just hate the idea of just watching him steamroll over everybody again, so I just wanted to put him out early so we can see how this would actually play out. Uh, but I give up the Joker and the Joker moves on in the clean sweep. We are on to our next fight. It is Robin versus the killing joke. Um, this is very hard because the next round, either way, it's pretty awesome. It's Joker versus Robin or Joker versus the killing joke. Both, of the, both of which are, are, are awesome matchups. Um, I've read more Robin comic books than I have read the killing joke. The killing joke is one story and, and it's an amazing story, but I actually like the character Robin more. Uh, Everybody wants to... I don't like Batman. I'll say it again. I don't like Bruce Wayne. I don't like Batman. But I like the people he has around him. I like Like Nightwing. I like Nightwing a lot, too. Yeah. I I like Robin. I like Nightwing. I I, I like Alfred. I like Commissioner Gordon. I like Batgirl, Catwoman. I like the whole cast of characters. Um... Robin being probably my favorite when Tim Drake came around uh, it was hey, a Robin for my generation and I know it sounds silly and stupid but it was Tim Drake was. Was, Tim Drake was the, the first guy who was like wait a minute if I do this and this and this oh the, Bruce Wayne is Batman and he goes into the Batcave he forces himself on on, on Batman yes the homoerotic exactly is, is still alive and well yeah, see, I mean, it, it's going to be through this whole fight we're going to be talking about it well because it it's win. Batman <laughs> but, exactly um, <laughs> but uh, yeah Robin uh, there is, at, at this point now Robin as a character there is there is a Robin for everybody, even Stephanie Brown. If you like Stephanie Brown, there's a Robin for everyone, and uh, I love Robin, so I'm going to vote for Robin. Uh, Chad. Yeah. Hey, can you guys sit tight for one second? This is that break I had to tell you about, and I'm choosing my son. <laughs> You're choosing your son over a geek fight. My Robin. God damn it. Negative geek fight. I think the fact that Chad just called him his Robin and not his killing joke should be his vote. All right. <laughs> Unless he changes it later. Uh, Chuck? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Robin uh, for two reasons. Even though I really like the killing joke, we're dealing with, as Damon mentioned earlier, one story versus uh, a character who's kind of a staple in, in uh, you know, all Batman stories and Batman universe. Um, and uh, the second reason is that I don't want to have joker go up against a killing joke because it'd be essentially be joker going up against a great story involving the joker which okay, is kind of redundant uh, uh so sorry that's, that's all right uh, just write down a letter of apology and you know, we'll, uh, we'll let it slide <laughs> okay yeah. so can i go here on my thing yeah. no not yet because oh, chuck's sorry. still so, finishing yeah oh, i'm sorry chuck i'm sorry it's all right i'll uh, vote for robin go ahead chad Oh yeah, I was gonna say Robin too. I mean, yeah, same thing. It's uh, Killing Joke's a great story and everything. Um, Robin's Robin, you know. And the Tim Drake thing—that's really funny you said because I—I'm a—I don't. You're a little bit younger than me, Damon. I think I'm a little too young to have really read the New Teen Titans, the Wolfman Perez stuff. Um, 
so so Robin was not really that cool of a character to me until Tim Drake came along. And uh, you're absolutely right as far as him being the Robin for our generation. To me, it was kind of the first time Robin was cool. Now I've since gone back and read that that '80s Titan stuff, and I love it. But um, yeah, it was it was um, not just because of him, but just the character in general. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, enough uh, about that shit, Robin. About for Robin, <laughs> Mr. Ortiz. Um, th- this is very tough. Um, but I think I will also go for Robin. Robin has a better chance of beating the Joker in the next round. Uh, for one thing, uh, two. You know, my 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 lone argument really against Robin is that there's been a lot of bad Robin stories, Robin interpretations, even bad versions of Robin. Um, I mean, if you think about the number of alternate versions, I mean, there was a, an earth Two Robin for a very, very long time. Um, and, uh, but despite that, there've also been a lot of great Robins. And, and even though I don't, I don't know that he was necessary as, as an entry point, the way they thought they, uh, he, he was, um, you know, a lot of the people that I've heard who talked from the times who talked about that said that they really didn't care about Robin. They, they, they never wanted to be Robin. They never wanted to be the sidekick. They, they all wanted to be Batman cause he was the hero. But, uh, but Robin was very important. I think both in continuity and in reality, he, he changed Batman. He lightened Batman. I think he gave it, uh, I, I think some longevity. I, you know, I think it's very possible that Robin hadn't become part of that equation, uh, Batman may have fallen by the wayside like many golden age characters did. Um, and, uh, yeah, the killing joke. I love it. It's great. Uh, I have multiple versions of it as well, but if it goes up against the Joker in the next round, it's going to lose because, you know, you can't have the Joker or you can't have killing joke without the Joker. So I'll vote for Robin. Another vote for Robin. Mr. Gill called named your son Grayson. What's your vote? Yeah, I think I think you're you're well aware that my, my vote is going to be for, for Robin, and I think that I'm going to uh, tur- turn the flashlight off before we're all halfway across with that one, and uh, just just give it to uh, one, of the, one of the greatest characters in, in the many iterations of him, and all the different you know names, and and the fact that they were all so different that Dick Grayson was different than Jason Todd, that Jason Todd's different than Tim Drake or Stephanie Brown or what have you or Carrie Kelly. Yeah, I mean, like he—he's a cool character because he—he he is important because he does give that bright balance to the bat that uh, is necessary to keep him, you know, with a modicum of sanity. So, Robin, uh, vote for Robin, and Robin moves on in a clean sweep. Nice clean sweeping, guys. Uh, Chad, this fight is yours. It's going to be difficult. It is the Batmobile versus the utility belt. Holy fucking shit! Uh, Batmobile versus Utility Belt. Well, um, you know, the Batmobile is a car. And uh, Mike definitely made a very good point with the Utility Belt being used as the deus ex machina far too often. Um, I like the idea of having a set uh, number of things, number of gadgets in the Utility Belt. But at the end of the day, the Batmobile is the Batmobile. And it's, you know, that's just it. I mean, it's bad as hell dude it's a cool car man no matter what version of it is and the tumbler is definitely a batmobile so yeah the batmobile <laughs> oh is it a, is it a batmobile or the batmobile a That's the, for... the current it's the current film batmobile <laughs> it's a vote for the batmobile chuck go ahead 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not even going to go into further into the story about that argument because it got really ridiculous. But uh, with my it buddies, is. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll be here for another hour and a half. But uh, I think it's funny how um, we got the Batmobile and the utility belt. It's just like super masculine stuff, either cars or shit that's used for fixing or solving problems. You know, it's like tools versus cars. Uh, so it's kind of a tough selection here. Um, but I can kind of sympathize with Mike's uh, complaint that it's kind of a deus ex machina uh, plot device that's used to kind of resolve certain problems, kind of like uh, Captain Picard going, hey, Mr. Worf, let me talk to you off the camera uh, for a moment kind of situation where it just solves the problem. But I got to go with a Batmobile because every time there's a new Batman movie, uh, you always go, what does the Batmobile look like? It's almost as important as what is the costume going to look like? Uh, and, uh, yeah, the Batmobile is just so cool. I remember being a kid watching, uh, I think it was Batman Returns, when it kind of like splits into a smaller car. Uh, or, no, I forget which Batman that is. I know I'm losing some geek cred there. But suffice to say, Batmobile is awesome, and I'm voting for it. That's Batman Returns. Okay. Uh, vote for the Batmobile, Mike. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I made my thoughts on the utility belt clear last time, and they, they haven't really changed. It certainly is a lot of fun, but when it comes to the gadgets versus the car, uh, the Batmobile is just awesome. I mean, I will start with just saying the Adam West TV show Batmobile alone is better than the Batmobile, because that's fucking awesome. Yes. That's my favorite Batmobile. Yeah. Another vote for the Batmobile, Mr. Gill. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough call. Living living in Philadelphia for the past ten years, I I you know I gave up the car when when I got here, and it was only in the last four months that I've bought a car since then. So you know, in the meanwhile, I had my like messenger bag, you know, my man purse. So that was like my utility belt. I had all my shit and my like notebooks to write in and food and my insulin and what have you. Um, so that was like my utility belt. So I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, strength that goes into the utility belt. But I can tell you, man, having a car again after 10 years where I can keep all that shit in it, uh, I, I got to give it to the car. It's, it's much easier to just travel and not carry something on my shoulder on a trolley and then walk like half a mile to go to the bar to meet my friends or something. So I'm going to give it to the Batmobile. Another vote for the Batmobile. And I will very quickly make it a clean, clean sweep because... Um, I can actually own a Batmobile. Um, there's no way you can actually own Batman's utility belt because it's completely, totally unreal. Uh, the Batmobile can be built. Yeah, you, actually, no. Yeah, you can do almost everything you can do with the Batmobile. You can have it shoot bullets, blow things up. On the other up. hand, Damon, my, my cell phone does almost everything that a utility belt does. Really? Does it have the Kryptonite <laughs> ring that can beat Superman? Yeah. No. Is there, is there an app for shelter Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the Batmobile, and actually, obviously it did not have its shark repellent because the shark totally sharked that one last round. <laughs> we are on to our next fight. Uh, Chuck, this one is yours. It is Adam West versus the Return of the Joker. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for Adam West. Uh, to be honest, uh, earlier when I even said, yeah, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker is fun and stuff like that, I never saw the fucking thing, all right? Uh, so I, I can't even really say anything about it. You guys say it's great. I've seen Batman Beyond, like it. Um, Adam West, even if he's being, you know, rude to children or punch him in the face, he's still awesome because he's fucking Adam West, and I'm voting for him. 
uh, vote for Adam West. Uh, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I'm going to vote for Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Um, I love Adam West. He's, uh, he's great as Batman, and even uh, uh, he, he's one of the few things I like on Family Guy. Uh, but actually, I heard a similar story about him uh, from uh, the uh, the God, what the, the fan expo in Toronto, and uh, Adam West was was sitting there at his table, and uh, so there was a security guard by, and a guy came up and just like snapped his picture and left, and Adam West insisted that you know that you have to pay thirty five dollars to get a picture or whatever. He insisted that the security guard go track the guy down. And uh, get the camera because the guy shouldn't be allowed to take his picture without paying for it. Um, but that's not why I'm voting for Batman or not voting for him. I'm voting for Batman Beyond uh, because in addition to being just this great overall story, there's a, there's a lot of great moments. Uh, moment number one, when old Batman is in the Bat Cave and he flings his batarang and it like chops the heads off of a couple of, of dummies and comes back and he just smiles because he knows he still got it. Uh, vote for Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Uh, Dave. Yeah, no, once again, Adam West, great pop icon, really important. Obviously, he influenced all of us at some point in our lives through reruns and, and, and what have you. But, uh, yeah, no, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker was, it, it legitimized the Batman Beyond franchise, which I think a lot of us agree it was a really good show and underrated. Uh, but yeah, it was just such a cool, extreme, extremely done uh, animated movie that was, you know, for kids, but really not. It was really for all of us. And so I think Return of the Joker is my vote. Uh, vote for Return of the Joker. Um, yeah. Somebody said that Adam West deserves as much uh, praise and credit as William Shatner. Um, no, he doesn't at all. Sorry. Uh, well, he doesn't have any albums that I have on CD. I have around yeah. CD. No, I said he's become as iconic, or you know, he's kind no. of become, you know, he kind of became popular again, you know. No. Yeah, and I, I, and I, I will give Adam West credit for the fact that I think Adam West always knew it was a joke, and I don't think Shatner always knew. I think Shatner still thinks he's a good actor. Absolutely, it wasn't and a that, joke. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, fuck, fuck you all for 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 talking down to the chat, and he's a horrible human oh, yeah? being fuck too. You. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm voting against Adam West and for Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Chad, I you know I would love to vote for Batman Beyond, but I didn't see it. Um, and you know what? You guys let Neil Adams slide for being a jerk and talking on the phone while he signed my friend's book. So I think you can let Adam West slide for being. A- yeah, admittedly, an even bigger jerk. But uh, no, I, I haven't seen Return of the Joker, so I'm still going to go Adam West. It doesn't make a difference anyway. Cause uh, it's a- <laughs> a vote for Adam West. And, and we obviously didn't let him slide because uh, Neil Adams did not make it out of the first round. I don't know if you. I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. We all love Neil Adams. So. Yeah, you do. I even voted. I even let Neil Adams slide for yeah. that. But uh, Return of the Joker is into the next round. We're on to our next fight. Mr. Ortiz, this one is yours. It is Mask of the Phantasm versus Commissioner Gordon. This is uh this is kind of tough. I don't have a lot of real strong uh logic on this one. Um I, I love Mask of the Phantasm. It's a great movie, like I said before, but here's one where my gut just says, you know, when we're really talking, best of Batman. 
Uh, and obviously, you know, more of the big uh, iconic concepts and characters are moving on, I think, because those really are what define Batman. So for me, that means it's Gordon. Uh, vote for Commissioner Gordon. Dave. Yeah, I agree with Mike. I mean, here's a guy, you know, he's a cop. He's a good cop in tough town. He's a parent. He quits smoking. He loses his first wife. He loses his second wife. I can't even keep up with the continuity of it, but, you know, he's always, always there to protect Gotham as, like, a normal man, as, as one of us, as, as we wish we could be were we in that position. I think he gives a great bit of humanity to uh, the mythological concept of Batman. So, uh, Commissioner Gordon gets my vote. Another vote for Gordon. Uh, yeah. Love Gordon stories. Stories that are based on Gordon in the Batman universe are usually pretty awesome. At least the awesome ones. I guess there, I'm sure there are bad ones out there, but, uh, most recently was the, uh, Scott Snyder trying to remember the name of it. It's right over there. What, what's the name of it, Mike? Do you remember? Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Even though the, the first part uh, is, is okay, it's, it's actually the, the, the story that actually was a, a, a short because DC was doing, what, four-page stories? Backup stories? For Something a like short, a short period. It was, it was a small number. I think it was eight, but it was, it was a, a small amount, and, and there was a Commissioner Gordon story that was going on that actually ends Detective Comics. That's where Detective Comics ends at seven or eight eight something whatever the number is detective comics ends with a great commissioner gordon story uh and then it starts over with number one with the new 52 uh i love commissioner gordon to death so i'm going to go commissioner gordon chad yeah you know i was going to go with mike and just say that it's simply a, a matter of a gut feeling that you go for these you you gravitate towards the iconic things but you bring up a really good point damon most of the commissioner gordon stories i've read are really really fucking cool and i'll even go so far as to throw out uh, i know gary oldman was mentioned earlier um his performance in in the nolan films is one of my favorite parts of those movies uh and that alone is not a reason for commissioner gordon to advance but it's one of many reasons why he should so that's my vote uh vote for commissioner gordon uh let's see uh, chuck is it a clean sweep uh, it is a clean sweep, and uh, the reason for, I have two reasons for that. First of all, even though I like Mask of the Phantasm, we also have Batman the Animated Series on here. And if I'm a gambling man, I'd have to wager that it would beat Alfred, but who knows with some of this geek logic. Uh, nevertheless, I'm still going for Commissioner Gordon because one of the reasons why Batman is able to do what he does is that... Uh, Commissioner Gordon kind of allows it to happen. He's in charge of the police. Like, if they really wanted to, they could just, like, in a lot of uh, instances, sure. Like, initially, Commissioner Gordon is against Batman or the, the head of the, the chief of police or, or, or the higher up wants him to track Batman down. But once Commissioner Gordon encounters Batman in one way or another, he realizes that he's trying to help everybody out. And because of that, he usually covers for him or uh, stops police from finding him he ultimately aids him and allows him to do what he does which is kind of like a vigilante form of justice uh that kind of cuts through the bureaucracy and gets things done and because of that commissioner gordon allows batman to be batman and he's cool and uh you know gordon let's go for it clean sweep clean sweep on to our next fight mr gill this one is yours 
It is Batman the Animated Series versus Alfred. Oh, that's not fair. Because, you know, Alfred is awesome. I mean, he's been around forever, and he, in his own way, is just as everybody do a shot iconic as Robin or Batgirl or the Huntress or Anarchy or any of the other allies that Batman has developed over the years. But uh, Batman the Animated Series was such uh, an important television episodic uh, show that uh, I gotta give I gotta give all my props to to be Batman what is it called TAS Batman the Animated Series uh, vote for Batman the Animated Series um I love Batman the Animated Series uh there are some amazing episodes and the animated Batman the Animated Series uh, according to Warner and DC and all that good stuff is all of it. It's from the beginning of the Batman animated series. It includes uh, the new adventures of Batman and Robin and the adventures of Batman. I think those are the, the titles, but those three, those are all Batman, the animated series. Um, but it's Alfred. Uh, Alfred is an integral part of what makes Batman, Batman. He, he actually, he, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's another piece of Batman's heart. He's a little bit of his soul. Uh, Robin's it's beautiful. Robin is the uh, Robin is the the childish glee that you know you can have, but but Alfred is there to God. I, I really don't have the words for it, but Alfred Alfred is there to to be the the rock, the foundation uh, of for what Batman is. He's the man. Bruce Wayne is the man he is because Alfred raised him that way. Uh, yeah, I, I love the animated series, but I've got to go with Alfred. Chad? Yeah, you know, um, Batman is so, along with a lot of Golden Age heroes, Batman is so pulp-influenced. And I think about those old characters, and uh, not just pulps, but even um, uh, like newspaper strips, you know, and characters like the Phantom or the Shadow, or Doc Savage had his whole crew of people uh the green hornet had kato and lone ranger had tonto and i know that robin fits that role to a great extent but but when i go back into the thinking of pulp heroes and thinking of doc savage and his little crew of of dudes that all had their little expertise uh alfred for some reason alfred fits into that for me he also plays the role of kato as the manservant or whatever it may be um and as you guys have said you know he's the father figure uh yeah, Alfred's just a really – it's one of those things where if if Alfred wasn't around, I think it would really affect Batman more than we suspect. We take Alfred for granted, but he is extremely important. And he's just he's, – he's bad, dude. He's a bad dude, and that's cool. So, yeah, absolutely, Alfred. He's uh, iconic. Another vote for oh, damn it. Alfred. Uh, another Chuck. vote for iconic. Iconic. Okay, I'm wasting now. Stop saying that word. What iconic? Terrible drinking games. <laughs> Listeners have to shot. Take All a right. shot. You don't have to. I'll stop saying iconic. So anyway, say iconic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is iconesque a word? It is now. Iconesque. <clears throat> uh, you, you know, a word becomes a word if people use it enough. So if you just start using it a lot, and right. like, yeah, sure. Anyway, iconical subtext. Okay, I couldn't. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go for Batman the Animated Series. Uh, when I was uh, 
uh, clearing a whole bunch of my old crap from a long, ages ago from my parents' basement. I came across a bunch of old cassette tapes, and uh, I found uh, a bunch of cassette tapes. I used to record when Batman the Animated Series was on TV. I would record it with like this crappy small tape Fisher Price tape recorder that I had. Uh, and um, then at night, I would listen to it because my parents were one of those controlling parents that, uh, in retrospect, it was a good thing that they didn't let me watch a lot of TV. And I didn't have a TV in my room or anything like that. Uh, um, TV was a very limited thing. And so I recorded the audio of Batman the Animated Series at night. I would listen to it. And I thought I was kind of getting away, almost kind of watching TV late at night, and I was able to follow the story fine. Sure, I had already watched it, but uh, uh, just to the strength of all the voice actors and the sound effects, etc., uh, it was just really great, and uh, animated series was kind of a part of me uh, as, like, um, an adolescent and a, and a teenager, and my brother as well, uh, and so I, I just can't not vote for it. A vote for Batman the Animated Series. It is all tied up it comes down to you, Mr. Ortiz. Which one is moving on to the oh, next round? Fuck. Um, I actually thought this was going to be decided before it got to me. Um, and, you know, honestly, I, I, I had every intention of voting for Batman the Animated Series, even though I, I voted against it uh, before. Uh, certainly, if, if, if we're broadening it to include all of the Batman animated stuff, uh, even including Batman beyond maybe, um, then it, it changes completely. And, and, and whether or not it's something that future generations will enjoy as much as we do, it really is the best version of Batman that, that I've ever seen. So I was planning to vote for it for that, but I'm not. And really it, it, it was one thing that you said, Damon, that just sort of changed my mind. Uh, when you mentioned that that he's the one that that raised him and made him who it was, and I realized he is basically Batman's Pa Kent. Uh, if it wasn't for Alfred, if he was raised by someone else, Batman could have channeled his energy, his drive, and all of this into something horrible. But Alfred is what kept him on the path. Alfred is what gave him the the moral guidance and the courage not to give in to the demons, but to channel them to do something good. Uh, and, and when I made that realization and made that connection, um, yeah, I just have to go for Alfred. I actually thought Damon was going to cry when he said that, that Alfred was his heart. Yeah, that was an iconic moment. <laughs> D- Damon actually almost made me cry. Alfred it is moving on. iconic. <laughs> And we are on to our next fight. Uh, hey, it's me. It is Kevin Conroy versus the Batcave for a spot in the Final Four. <laughs> it, it's funny when you actually look at what's left. There's Kevin Conroy and the Return of the Joker, and everything else is something that is integral to Batman. Uh, this is best of Batman. Don't get me wrong. I love Kevin Conroy, and Kevin Conroy will always be Batman in my head. And like I said before, Kevin Conroy is Batman for the current generation, not the little, little kids, but current generation, people who are 15, 16, maybe even a little bit younger because he's, he's the voice in the two, two of the biggest games of all time. Uh, and I know they're not that big, but they are huge games. And they're amazing games, and the voice acting in those they're is huge. great. And uh, Kevin Conroy, 
seriously will will always be Batman in my head, but I, I want a Batcave. <laughs> I really do. Like I, I, I want to have a an underground lair that has a, a, a giant giant computer where I can look at all kinds of dirty porn on the internet. Uh, uh, park my Batmobile uh, somewhere inside of there. Um, have big giant trophies all over the place because it's also a trophy room. Like the giant penny is a fucking trophy. The the T Rex is a trophy. They're trophies. I want trophies in my fucking Batcave. Uh, yeah, I love the shit out of the Batcave, and I will not vote against it. I'm going Batcave. Chad? Yeah, dude, trophies from cases that he's solved. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's of course it's the Batcave. I mean, no disrespect to Kevin Conroy, of course. I wish him the best, but uh, it's the Batcave. And the Batcave gets another vote. Chuck? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I got to go with the Batcave, too. I mean, when I was born in 1983, and when the 89 Batman came out, Tim Burton, uh, my parents wouldn't let me see it because it was a rated R movie. But I remember even seeing in the, like, the toy stores the big, huge kind of like Batcave playset that you could buy for the figures. I had some of the figures from the movie. I didn't see the movie. And I wanted the fucking Batcave. I hadn't even seen the movie. I didn't even know if it was accurate uh, to what we saw of the Batcave in the movie. All I knew was it was a Batcave, and it was fucking awesome because it was the Batcave. Batcave. Uh, vote for the Batcave. I'm pretty sure that movie was like PG-13. Yeah, yeah. Well, it might have been. Your parents lied to you. Your parents lied to you. It may have been it may have been PG thirteen, but one way or the other, the rating prevented me from seeing it. There's actually a whole long story I about that involving the birth of my brother. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Mr. Ortiz. <laughs> I'm kidding, Chuck. They hate Batman. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much they hate you, Chuck. <laughs> uh, Damon, you you summed it up. No matter how much I, I may love uh, his particular portrayal, and. I will hear his voice as Batman's voice for the rest of my life. But uh, I, I am sitting here right now uh, in my underground lair uh, in front of my computer doing this. And uh, well, I don't have a car in here, but I do have some gadgets. And uh, I have the closest thing I could consider to be trophies. So uh, I'm going to vote for the Batcave. Another vote for the Batcave. Mr. Gill, is it a clean sweep? You know what it is. I'm, I'm with Mark. I'm, I'm, I'm right now. I'm sitting on my porch, but you know, behind me is my library, which is you know got all my graphic novels and, and funnily enough, trophies that belong to both my wife and I for for soccer and theater, respectively. Um, yeah, it's, it is nice to have this special place where you can, you know, clean your mind or or, or muddle your mind depending on your mood and uh, have your your special place. Kevin Conroy, amazing, and I will never. Uh, forget or, or disappreciate his performance of the years because I think the show would have really sucked if you had, say, me doing his voice. Um, you know what I mean? Like he really he really defined it. He really defined the character through his acting. Uh, but I got I got to give it up to the Batcave in this round. And the Batcave is into the final four. We are on to our next fight. A very difficult fight. Chad, this one is yours. It is the Joker versus Robin. It's not all that difficult. It's Robin. Um, I, I'm I'm going to agree with Mike on that whole idea of 
kind of being sick of the Joker. I mean, I've, I've mentioned it to you guys before. I've mentioned it every time I've been on the show and the Joker comes up. I know the Joker's a juggernaut on the show. I got really burnt out on the Joker for a really long time, and I can't deny his awesomeness. I can't deny how great the Joker is or how iconic the Joker is. But God, I mean, I'm still burnt out on the Joker because of that first fucking Batman movie because you just couldn't escape the goddamn Joker. The Joker was like oxygen. He was everywhere. Um, and maybe deservedly, but fuck, fuck the Joker. Robin wins. Uh, vote for Robin. <laughs> and there's our, there are obviously other reasons, too, but that's, that's the one I'm giving. Go ahead, Chuck. Um, yeah, I'm going for the Joker. He's a character to die for. A vote for the Joker, Mike. This is so tough. Um, again, like I said, I, I I don't like how how much the Joker barrels over things, uh, but then you know Robin always does pretty good and, and gets a lot of love on this show too. I I always, I always part of me want to defer to geek precedent and say this fight already happened, and Robin lost. Um. But you know there were multiple Robins, and a and several of them beat the Joker on on many occasions. Uh, I have a hard time. Yeah, which one has more homoerotic subtext? Robin. Yeah, but then we get into the pedophilia thing, whereas the Joker, that's actually kind of cool. Um, and Batman hates the Joker because he secretly wishes he could be as flamboyant, and he wants to fuck the Joker. And the Joker reminds him of what he really is. Yeah, you know. There's but on the other hand, as Damon said, maybe Batman wants to fuck Robin. Yeah, this is true. Robin, you know, does at wear the end of the day, pants. you know, they're, 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 Robin one, shaves one, his legs. One good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, one thing that the DC is uh, mm-hmm. is was that. Don't you wish you hadn't voted the Batgirl off at this point? No, because I want the Batman <laughs> content. No, because um, the Batmobile is awesome. I'm going to vote for Robin because DC has learned that uh, they can overuse the Joker. They have to put him away for a couple of years at a time because he gets sort of overused. But honestly, they've never had to do that with Robin because Robin, uh, at least in the comics, always works. Ding, ding, ding. Except for when they killed him. Uh, Vote for Robin. Uh, Mr. Gale. And, you know, I don't even want to be in this fight because this is, is one of my favorite superheroes of all time versus one of my favorite supervillains of all time. Don't vote against your son, Dave. I, well, there, there's that, you know. Um, but the Joker, I mean, since long before the next day my Batman film came out, he was just one of my favorites because he was just so insane and, and brilliant and maniacal. And all the different stories that were told about him were just absurd, and I always loved that. I always loved that. You didn't know. You, you couldn't predict the Joker. You know, you, you could do a degree, but depending on the writer, you couldn't, you couldn't predict him. Uh, Robin has been great because he, he has been one of the characters that has been allowed to grow. And maybe this is where I'm going to go with this. You know, he had uh, Dick Grayson that left. You know, when Batman kicked him out, he, uh, he joined the Teen Titans. And then he became Nightwing, and he's now grown up to be a whatever twenty something. I don't know what he's supposed to be in continuity these days. Uh, then he picked up, you know, the the, the hoodlum Jason Todd, who was you know stealing the tires off the Batmobile. Because why would you do that? But whatever. And then he was this you know maniacal, emotional freak. 
and then he got killed, and then he came back as the Red Hood, who was even more severe visually than Batman. And then he had some breaks who figured out his identity, and he's like a really good kid. And because he chose this life, his own father gets killed. Um, I mean, it's just it's just an intricate, fabulous character that has grown and grown, and then Tim Drake's girlfriend, you know, when, when Tim sort of leaves him out, Tim Drake is Red Robin, or, or he was before the New 52, what have you. Um, so I think I think as much as I love the Joker, and I do, I think the Joker is absolutely fabulous. I think I want to give this up to Robin, because he is a character that has been allowed to grow, and, you know, on occasion come back from the dead, which is, you know, unfortunate in its own way. But I think... Um, he he is he is that that youthful backlash that youthful triumph and that uh, that youthful beginning that that is potential on a page and so I want to give it to the Joker for still being or I mean excuse me <laughs> to Robin for still being an inspiration as as a character. Uh, that's why you shouldn't drink while doing a geek fight. Oh, vote uh, well, for Robin. That's the geek why fight you should drink. Drink. <laughs> Thank you. Vote, you should I'll definitely vote. drink while you're listening to one. Oh, Drinking while have... doing geek fights is iconic. Anyway. Is. This is like a two-parts geek fight because no. you've been drinking it... so much every time we say iconic, you passed out halfway through the episode. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> is actually... We, we revisited this topic in 2013. Anyway. A vote for Robin. Uh, I will very quickly vote for Robin as well. And we're on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It is the Batmobile versus the Return of the Joker. Um, I gotta go with the Batmobile because uh, Return of the Joker, again, like, even if it's, like, the coolest thing ever where the Joker destroys the whole world or, you know, rapes children, stabs Batman in the eye, no matter what happened in that story that I did not see, the Batmobile is awesome. It's just one of the components of Batman uh, and like I said, if there's ever a new Batman movie, people will go, well, what's the costume look like? And what is the Batmobile going to look like? And uh, it just taps into that whole kind of male, uh, you know, interest of, uh, wow, look at that crazy hooked up car. It's kind of like James Bond meets comic books uh, in terms of the way that people look at, at the Batmobile. And, uh, yeah, it can generate a... a an argument that could last hours on end among uh, nerds that uh, know way too much about Batman and Batmobiles. So I'm going for the Batmobile. Uh, vote for the Batmobile, Mike. Yeah, I'm also going to vote for the Batmobile. Certainly, uh, we've been eliminating everything that's not iconic, and I love Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. It is one of my favorite Batman stories of all time. But it has uh, two Batmobiles in it. Um, and uh, actually, three, if you really want to get technical. Um, and, and, you know, not just that, but the Batmobile, I remember when the first Batman movie came out, somebody snuck a photo of, uh, of the Batmobile off the set and the lighting was bad and everybody looked at it and said, Oh my God, this looks horrible. But as soon as you saw it on screen, it was great. And people had the same reaction to the Tumblr. Uh, it's like, that doesn't look like a Batmobile. As soon as you saw it on the screen, it was great. And, uh, I like it. and I remember there's this great shot in, uh, in Jim Lee's, one of Jim Lee's Batman, uh, uh, comics. I don't know if it was All Star Batman and Robin or if it was. It was. Yeah. It where, was. where he's got every version of the Batmobile, even going back to one with the giant bat head on the front. Um, every version of them, kind of in this big rotating thing, like almost like a case. 
in the in the bat cave because even if he's not using them he knows how awesome they are and he just wants to keep them and i would love to have 30 different batmobiles so the batmobile uh vote for the batmobile dave you know for the past 10 years i've taken the trolley to work uh so i gotta say uh return of the joker uh because the batmobile it's just it's just it's just a thing it's just it's just one it's a tool uh, not, not that taking the trolley isn't, but uh, I, I just think that Return of the Joker, the story was, was far superior to anything the Batmobile could represent because you know what? The Batmobile is just a car that gets you from here to there to fight your crime, to save the day, what have you. But the Return of the Joker was such a, 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 a deeply rooted, tragic tale. I want to I want to give the vote to that. A vote for Return of the Joker. Uh, yeah, once again, I- I'll say this for actually for the first time. If you haven't seen Return of the Joker, you actually do need to go out and see it. If you're listening to a Best of Batman episode and you haven't seen Return of the Joker, Chuck, Chad, uh, shame on you. <laughs> what about if you're on a show? <laughs> shame on you. Uh, hey, I'm, I'll download it. You can watch it now. It is. I'll buy it. I'll go buy it. It is. Yeah. I'm going to go, quote, unquote, buy it off the internet. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it is yeah. excellent, Legally Batman. Obtained. But uh, the Bat- Batmobile is the Batmobile. I want one. I need one. Uh, I'm voting for the Batmobile. Chad? Yeah, Chuck, uh, I think, is the phrase that you were looking for, is it, is it adolescent male power fantasy? I often hear comic books described that way, or superhero right. books. I'll buy that for a dollar. Uh, car. There's, there, there's, a, there's a car culture. There's a comic book culture. And the two don't seem like they'd ever meet. But I'll tell you what, my dad was an old gearhead back in the 50s, uh, and he loves to build model cars. And my dad's not a real big science fiction fan. He's not a real big – he doesn't read any comic books. He kind of thinks they're stupid. Um, My dad has a lot of Batmobile models. He fucking loves the Batmobile. It's the one thing about Batman that he loves. Um, It's one of those moments where my dad and I connect really hardcore. Uh, yeah, it's the Batmobile's just fucking bad. Um, and I haven't seen Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. <laughs> so, Batmobile. And Batmobile takes the win into the Final Four. And we're for our last spot in the Final Four, Mike, this one is yours. This one's actually hard. It is uh, Jim Gordon versus Alfred Pennyworth. I will vote for Alfred because the homoerotic content works better with him than with Gordon. A vote for Alfred. Dave? I will vote for Gordon because he hears a, a good cop in a bad town trying to do the right thing and, uh, you know, breaking, breaking the law to do so at times. So, Gordon. A vote for Jim Gordon. Um... Both are both are somewhat father figures to uh, Batman Bruce Wayne, but Alfred did raise him, plain and simple. Although, uh, well, no, Alfred raised him, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go with Alfred. Uh, Chad, you're muted. Did did or you die? Out. Ooh, that's a possibility. All right. What's that? Oh, there we go. It's your turn. Oh, sorry, I was in the bathroom. What? I thought I could make it. I had to go pee. Uh, I thought I could make it back in time. 
What happened? That's an iconic moment. Uh, it is. You guys think you guys think that I passed out? That's awesome. No, I thought you died. I thought um, your son was in trouble. Uh, but, he's never in trouble. The thing is, he just wiggles so much, he gets up to the top of the crib. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway. Jim so, Gordon versus Alfred. What's the stats? Where? What's the score? I'm not telling you the stats. You weren't paying well, attention. Okay, Alfred. I was peeing. It's Alfred. Uh, I mean, I Jim Gordon. God, that's really hard. That's really hard. Because I love Jim Gordon. But... No, you know what? I'm going to go Jim Gordon. I'm going to go Commissioner Gordon. Oh, um, in your heartfelt speech about Alfred. Ah, uh, not knowing, not knowing. No, I'm going to go Alfred. Fuck it, it's Alfred. Uh, vote for Alfred. Uh, Chuck? Uh, I'm going to vote for Plastic Man, but I'm willing to, to alter my vote based on other people's arguments. Well, seeing as the argument is over, Alfred wins, and it's the final spot in the final four. What if Alfred turned into Commissioner Gordon? Uh, then the, he must be Plastic Man. Right. See? Works that way. Uh, we've got Bat Cave, the Batcave versus Robin, and the Batmobile versus Alfred. Uh, Dave, this fight is yours. The Batcave versus Robin. Um, we can go, uh, keep it simple. Wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it Robin. Uh, vote for Robin. Uh, I said it before. I, I called Alfred Batman's soul. Uh, Robin is Batman's heart. Um, he had uh, the same, similar tragedy happen to him. Uh, and he was able to kind of get past it. And by him getting past it emotionally somewhat, uh, it actually allows Batman to get past his shit just a little bit too. So uh, I'm going to vote for Robin, even though I do still want a Batcave. Chad? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is the right word, but maybe Robin is even his redemption. I mean, Robin is the chance that Batman didn't have. Dick Grayson is every bit, maybe not every bit the detective that Bruce Wayne is, but but he's damn good. But he maintains a sense of humor. He maintains a normal life. Dick Grayson has normal relationships. It's what Batman wishes he could be. Every parent wants their child to have better than they had. And through Robin, Batman is able to do that. He's able to have his child. So yeah, absolutely, Robin. Um, really great character, man. Another vote for Robin, Chuck. Uh, I think the only real way to approach this uh, fight is to kind of boil it down to its, its basics, keep it as simple as possible and be as and practical as you can. And in this case, you know, Robin, you know, he's a great character. I love Robin. Uh, but let's say that uh, all the members of the United Nations happen to be dehydrated into powder form, into small vials, and someone accidentally dropped them and they all got mixed together. Could Robin solve that problem? No. But you could have a bat cave that has a microscopic brain sorter that could restore the uh, original members of the UN to restore world peace. Therefore, the bat cave wins. Dude, I I would like to comment that I have some homoerotic subtext for Chuck. After that, that was fucking beautiful. That was <laughs> a vote for the bat cave, uh, Mike. Uh, I am also going to vote for the bat cave. Um, you know, when I mentioned earlier, all those, uh, all those Batmobiles that Batman had on display in a big collector's case that was in the Batcave. Um, you know, we talk about his trophies, uh, you know, he, why, why would he keep all that stuff? Because Batman 
is basically a collector of things. You know, we talk about Robin. He's got a case full of dead Robin costumes in there. Um, you know, you say you want a bat cave. You have a bat cave. It may not be as cool as his, but all of us do. All of us have that place, uh, be it, be it an office, be it a basement, be it a bedroom. Uh, you know, it is, it is that place where you are you where, where, I mean, when he's out in Gotham, he's, he's Batman, but that's, that's kind of the mask. I know a lot of people say Batman is real, but I don't, I don't buy that. The one that, the one that it is on the streets of Gotham is a mask. The one that he wears as Bruce Wayne is a mask. The time he is really himself is when he is sitting there in the Batcave with the costume on, but not the mask. You know, the person that's really somewhere in between Batman and Bruce Wayne. And the Batcave is, is the symbol of that. The Batcave is where he is at home. Um, and yeah, I want a Batcave. I don't want a kid sidekick. You know, Mike, you're not the only person who I've heard say that. That that the true Batman is when he's sitting there with the costume on and the mask off. It's so weird hearing you say it. I've heard of, I've heard a number of people say it. it's very interesting. I like that perspective. Sorry, a, a vote for the Batcave. <laughs> I thought uh, the Waffler there, uh, Mister Dudowski, was gonna was gonna switch, but Robin is into the finals. We are on to our next fight. It is the Batmobile versus Alfred. Um. And and I didn't say it the last round because I knew it, it could have handicapped Alfred, but um, Alfred did raise Bruce Wayne to become Batman, a somewhat noble dude. Uh, but he did a really fucked up job because that man is still out in his underwear fighting crime in the middle of the night to avenge his parents who died twenty to thirty years before, depending on how old you place Batman. Uh, granted, you know. He, he, he molded him as much as he could into being a little less crazy, but he's, he's actually a, a horrible, horrible father. Uh, but uh, the Batmobile is fucking awesome. So I'm going to go with the Batmobile. Um, Chad? Yeah, you know, you, you grab somebody off the street who may, may or may not know much about comics, and you say, Batman. Uh, if this was Family Feud, for example, we asked 100 people to name one thing about Batman. I'll bet you that the Batmobile would be pretty fucking high on that list. Um, no disrespect to Alfred. I'm sure he's a great guy. I wish him all the best. I'm going to go Batmobile. Uh, vote for the Batmobile, Mr. Or... Oh, sorry, Chuck. Yeah, I mean, my track record, you know, obviously I'm going for the Batmobile. Um, Batmobile's awesome. I like Alfred a lot, uh, but... Uh, I mean, you just can't beat the Batmobile, and uh, uh, I mean, the bottom line is Alfred can help Batman out, you know, ease his pain, maybe cover for him, but uh, he's not dropping Batman off where crime is happening. He's getting into the Batmobile and driving directly to the location where the crime is happening, and again, um, I think it was, uh, who was it, maybe uh, Chad uh, or Dave, I forget who, was saying his father not even a Batman fan has a bunch of models of the Batmobile just because that's how fucking awesome the Batmobile is. Batmobile. Uh, another vote for the Batmobile, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I will go back to uh, one of my first arguments. It's the car. Chicks dig the car. Uh, another vote for the Batmobile. And Mr. Gill, is it a clean sweep for the Batmobile? 
It is not, excuse me, it is not a clean sweep, no, because the Batmobile, again, is a tool, it is a thing, it is a, a token. <laughs> Alfred is a person, he's an influence, he's an inspiration. And he's hired, though, he's getting paid. He what? I say he's getting paid, so he's kind of a, a tool, if you think about it. No, but you know what, Al- Alfred, Alfred is fine, like, whatever, he's going to live in that mansion no matter what happens, he's fine. It's just you know he's he's a moral compass. He's he's all sorts of things that help to to keep Batman himself from becoming too dark, too too desperate, too dangerous, too horrible. And uh, I was trying to be alliterative with that last one, but I couldn't. But uh, yeah, no, the Batmobile. It's just a car, man. It's just a car. I mean, we have cars. I didn't have a car for ten years, but I have one. It's just not that exciting. They're just things. Uh, I'm happy to have one. It's convenient. And if I was fighting crime, it would probably be convenient to get me across town to fight crime rather than around the corner. But it's just a thing, man. So I'm going to give it to Alfred. I know I'm losing, but I'm giving it to Alfred. A vote for Alfred, but the Batmobile is into the finals, and we're at the final fight of this very long-winded episode. It is Robin versus the Batmobile. Chad, that one is yours. Um, Okay, so Robin versus the Batmobile. Here's the thing. We are all very, very educated comic book fans. We know our shit. I'll bet you that if I threw out a storyline, at least one of you guys could give me an issue number. We know our shit. We know our stories. We know what makes good Batman, what makes bad Batman. Strip all that away. Go back to when you were a kid. I mentioned my daughter earlier. She loves Young Justice. She loves Tiny Titans. As a result, she loves Robin. That's not even what I'm getting at. I bought her the Young Justice 2-pack of Batman and Robin. She plays with them all the time. She plays with Batman and Robin. She refers to them as Batman and Robin. And there was a point where I realized when I was a kid, it wasn't Batman. Now, I've gotten older. I went through my stage where I thought Robin was stupid and I hated him. And I thought, why did he ever exist? But when I was a kid, and I would argue that when most of you were children, Batman did not exist. There was no such thing as Batman. It was Batman and Robin. Because the two went hand in hand like peanut butter and motherfucking jelly. It was Batman and Robin. Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman's Wonder Woman. But Batman is actually Batman and Robin. Um, Robin was introduced a year after Batman was created. Batman was still in his formative years. Robin is Batman. It is just as much as the radioactive spider bite for Peter Parker or the fucking stupid spaceship that they stole and got hit with uh, cosmic rays for the FF. It's got to be Robin. Um, and to, to, to further what Dave says, Batmobile is just a fucking car. Robin's a person. So uh, I'm going to say Robin. A vote for Robin. Uh, let's go, Chuck. All right. Sounds like a plan. Uh, yeah, Chad, I mean, obviously I'm gunning for the Batmobile, but uh, you actually made me briefly debate whether or not I should vote for the Batmobile, because that's a great point. I think uh, Batman and Robin is uh, like uh, an iconic uh, dichotomy uh, that uh, people associate with each other. They are a duo. Uh, however, again, the Batmobile is just fucking awesome. Uh, second of all, 
Uh, one thing, if you ever pay attention, is in many instances, even in a scenario where Robin is a partner with Batman, the Batmobile only has one seat, you see, proving that the Batmobile is so important that even Robin doesn't necessarily have a seat in it, okay? Uh, so, I mean, I could ramble on and on and be completely incoherent, but I just think the, Bat, uh, the Batmobile is really cool. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I would have maybe like a small matchbox cart of the Batmobile. And if we were going to some boring church function or whatever, hey, I had like a Batmobile in my pocket. I'd drive it around, but then Batman's in it doing some cool shit. Uh, I never brought a Robin motorcycle with me. Why? Because the Batmobile is badass. Uh, vote for the Batmobile, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, I'm also going to vote for the Batmobile. Um, you know, Chad, you mentioned he was, you know, back there in 1940, the Batmobile was there in detective 27. Um, damn it. Uh, it, <laughs> There's the numbers. It, it wasn't called the Batmobile exactly. specifically at that point, but certainly, uh, you know, it, it has been part of it from the beginning. Uh, you know, if Batman didn't have a Robin, he would be darker. He could have gone over the edge, but if Batman didn't have a Batmobile, he'd be walking from Wayne Manor to Gotham. And, uh, <laughs> And I don't think he would be nearly as effective. Yeah, taking the trolley. Um, and, and beyond that, I mean, it, it's even more more than than that. You know, the Batmobile. You say it's just a car, but it but it's really a lot more uh, with Batman. It represents a, a variety of different things. It it is kind of the gadget. Um, you know, one of the things about Batman is he's got bat this and bat that. I mean, that was a joke that I made at the beginning of the show that all of you got. Uh, and. That in the Batmobile is Batman's car. How do you know? Because it's got Bat in front of it. Uh, that's that's part of the character. And and I love Robin. And Robin is a fantastic character. And that that actually makes it worse because Robin, I don't think he's the best of Batman because Robin is the best of Robin. He is he is he's part of the Teen Titans. He's uh, he's he's had so much. It's it's almost like a, a completely independent character, not just a sidekick. Uh, the Batmobile is uniquely Batman. Um, it is iconic. Uh, you know, Robin, that would be like saying the best of, of Batman is, is Superman because, you know, Superman is, is his best friend, but Superman's his own thing. I mean, even, even the Joker, I can see because the Joker is still a Batman villain. Robin, uh, Robin is a DC character. Uh, he's not, he's part of the Batman storyline. He's the central part of the Batman storyline, but he's not uniquely a Batman thing, whereas the Batmobile, that's all Bat. And how do you know? I, I, because I it says argue, Bat in the beginning. I would argue Robin couldn't exist without Batman. My God, even Nightwing is a Bat-related name. But sure, but, but it's grown yes, into so something much, much more. True, very true, very true. Another vote for the Batmobile, Mister Gill. Some some uh, interesting and valid points, Mike, but. You know, the fact is, you know, Batman, without, without Batman, we wouldn't have an enormous amount of other things that we have. We wouldn't have uh, the Batmobile, we wouldn't have the Batarang, we wouldn't have the Huntress, we wouldn't have Anarchy, we wouldn't have Azrael, we wouldn't have Bane, we wouldn't have his villains, his rogues gallery. Uh, I, I think that the best thing that Batman ever did was take in these broken children and 
give them focus and give them hope. And, and, and he goes out of his way to make sure that they maintain their positivity that he, he just lost when his parents died. He, he never had the childhood. He never had anything. And so he brings these children in, whether it's Dick Grayson or Jason Todd or Tim Drake or what have you. And he says, you're welcome to be part of this. You, you either figured it out or I took you in or what have you. And be, be the good version of me. Because he knows he's flawed. He knows he's failed. He knows that his, 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 his fight is worthy, but his manner is uh, unsettled. I think that Robin is the only good thing that comes from Batman. I mean, you know, these kids lost their parents one way or another at some point, most of them. And, uh, but they didn't, they didn't go down that dark path. They didn't go down that sad, lonely road, and he's got a Batmobile, cool, uh, but it's still it's still just a car, it's still just a matter of transportation, where these guys, you know, Grace and, and Tim Drake particularly, are still good people, uh, and I thought I was saying Batman's a bad person, but, you know, but he pretty much is. Uh, I, I think that the best thing that's ever come from Batman is Robin, because Robin is hope. So my vote is for Robin. Fucking assholes. Hey, listen, Damon, before you start talking, I got to be the interrupter again. I'm going to say something to counter what Mike was saying. Maybe not to counter, but to debate Mike a little bit more. Well, not it's that, all tied up. It I comes know down it's all to me, tied so up. That's ahead. why I want to say something is because here's the thing. Getting my point about Batman and Robin and about the phrase Batman and Robin and how my child looks at it as Batman and Robin. I was trying to appeal to you guys and say that when you were kids, it was Batman and Robin. Here's the thing. Everybody knows that Snake Eyes is the coolest dude in G.I. Joe, but Snake Eyes is not G.I. Joe. There are many people in G.I. Joe, and they all comprise G.I. Joe. Yeah, of course Snake Eyes is the coolest thing, and Snake Eyes is the reason why you're reading the book, playing with the toys, or watching the cartoon. Just as Batman is the reason why you're watching the book, reading the cartoon, whatever. But at the end of the day, it is Batman and Robin, just as G.I. Joe is a larger organization, or whatever it might be. The point I'm trying to make is that Robin... There's no such thing as Batman. It is Batman and Robin. Batman on his own only existed for a year, and Batman on his own only came back when fanboys got too old and said, I don't like the idea of a teen sidekick. That's corny and stupid. Because we, you know, right. we, we went well, into high school. But yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, it's Batman and Robin. Okay, okay, okay. You, you, you Wait, stop. Right. No, no, well, don't worry about it. No, no, keep going, guys. Keep going. Chuck, don't worry <laughs> about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry about it, Chuck. Uh, it doesn't matter if you don't have kids. Because also, the word Mike's looking for is iconoclastic. Go on. Uh, don't, <laughs> <laughs> Chad actually talked me out of voting for for Robin. Because I, I, I was so going to vote for Robin after what Dave said. Because Robin is the product of what is the best thing Batman Dave can do. Dave is goddamn right. Dave was absolutely right. Um, fuck it. You know what? I'm going to do something we've never done. This episode's ending in a tie. Both Robin and the Batmobile are aspects of the best things that encompass what is Batman. Flash, His, man. Exactly. This is the best geek fights ever. It, it, it ends in a tie. I, I'm not breaking the tie. It ends in a tie because I, I can't vote either way. 
Robin is great. Here, man. Robin is great. The Batmobile is great. And, and both <laughs> arguments are valid and good. Because we're always wrong, why not be super doubly wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check out DVDGeeks.tv, Subspace Communicate, and their awesome podcast, Life After Tech. Also, check out their other websites, which is Bye Bye Robot and the Rockford Files Files. Uh, check out the Solus Minions of Orthodoxy. They do commentaries. We join them from time to time. Uh, special thanks goes to Karen for being our web presence. Check out what she's doing with Chris Mitchell on the Geek Fights Tumblr. And Chris Mitchell did a wiki for us. Yeah, that's right. There's a Geek Fights uh-huh. wiki. Uh, you can go on there and fuck things up, and Chris might fix it. He might not. And, of course, Mr. Jared Formby for the pimped-out intros he creates. You can read his blog, Hey Star Trek, at HeyStarTrek.net. Um... One other thing, uh, there is BayouCon.net. The commercial is probably going to be in this episode. I believe, uh, let's see, yeah, that is next weekend. If you're in Lake Charles, Louisiana, go to BayouCon. Uh, hang out with some Klingons. Uh, I'd also like to thank our guests for joining us tonight. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Um, Chad? I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> Just your back cave. Oh, ooh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe I j- this just proves that the homoerotic subtext won after all. Yeah, probably. Uh, well, well, look at the two things that won, Robin and the fucking Batmobile. <laughs> yeah, one of them was manly and one of them was not. Uh, yeah, both of them are manly. Uh, Mr. Gill, do you have anything? No, not at all. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, Chuck, anything from you? Um, I guess just casually, if you are a collector of um, heavy metal magazine or baseball cards from the 1980s to present, uh, you can get in touch with me through Facebook from our uh, Geek Fights group. Uh, I have a huge amount of shit. If you ever want to, you know, uh, you know, buy, sell, or trade anything, uh, you can always get in touch with me. Yeah, what era of heavy? I'll, I'll send you a message. Yes. We, we, we will we will talk about that after the show, uh, Mr. Ortiz. Uh, you can find me on the uh, Week and Geek video show on uh, YouTube, where every week we discuss the uh, new comics that week. You can find us at geekfights.net, where we have lists of show ideas, the brackets we mentioned earlier, our past episodes, links to our wiki, our Facebook page, and even to our Tumblr. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and the Zoom Network or like us on Facebook. Hey, you know what? You can find me on cinemacentries.com. I guess I do do movie reviews from time to time. Cinema Centuries. It's awesome. Yeah. If you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com or uh, on Facebook or Twitter. We're Geek Fights there also. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank Anheuser-Busch. That's, <laughs> that's all it takes. That's all it takes to join the Legion of Geeks. Uh, Our upcoming fights next week is our two-year anniversary episode, which is Best Star Trek Movie. We're going to get that wrong. And after that, we'll be Best of Canada because it'll be Canada Day, or at least it'll be a day after Canada Day. And uh, Canada's pretty awesome. Any and all ideas are welcome. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Uh, Why are you still listening? Keep fighting the geek fight. Good night. (laughs) Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. Batmobile lost its wheel, the Joker got away. Hey, thank you, thank you very much. Oh, I'm sorry, kid. Well, yeah, yeah I think we need to have more interruptions on this show. I think I think it makes for a better fight.
Yeah, I kind of like the idea of doing more arguments, but hey, that's because that's me. <laughs> and I've been drinking. <laughs> and me too. Also, yep, you- I'm going to join the club right now. Boom. There we go. What are you drinking, Chad? Uh, I am drinking, well, actually, I got a Line and Kugel uh, sampler pack. And so I have had a. Speaking of homoerotic subtext. And a, and a classic amber. <laughs> uh, nice. I've been drinking vodka, rum, and, and straight zero the whole night. Jesus Christ. Hey, when are we going to do a Batman radio show and have Dave um, play Alfred? Because <laughs> that voice you did was awesome. <laughs> what? Me? What voice? You were like, oh, I was in the British SAS. Oh, I can seriously do a British outfit for you if you want me to do the rest of the episode in an accent. You guys can just randomly say switch, and then I'll do a different accent. How how about if we all do the rest of the episode with accents? Would you like that? Proper British accent. I would be absolutely down for doing that, yes. I would be down. I don't, I don't, I don't know. However, I'm going to disappoint in all of you because Batgirl was, was creamed in the first round and, and she yes. is my favorite all-time superheroine. And she's got some... She, she, she was my crush with that. Remember, remember David, you, me, and Mike, we were, we were at the con and I got the autograph from Yvonne Craig? Yeah, yeah. I was with you guys. I was with you guys. And man, that shit still hangs on my wall to this day. Mr. Ortiz, are you back? I'm Batman. 